Shut up and sit down. Hello and welcome back to Mad Get Radio, episode number 46, the show where we sometimes talk about Ninth Age, but mostly just take the piss. Uh, now, on tonight's show, tonight's show is special. We've got a real, genuine, bona fide Christmas miracle for you. That's right. It's a Mad Get exclusive on Christmas miracles. Because tonight, we are joined by one of Santa's elves, who, on account of his saltiness, was exiled from the North Pole. And since then, he's been spreading his salty seed throughout the Ninth Age community. It's the salt miner himself. It's Martin. How are you, buddy? What's up, bitches? I'm back. <laughs> this image of some fucking Wario-style elf <laughs> flashing people. Just making it rain as he walks by people. Oh um, and as always, he's the turkey to my stuffing. I'm joined by Paul. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, he's a bad one. He's a bad one. Yeah. I told you it was a bad one. Before. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, you warned us. You warned us. <laughs> I was trying to think of Christmas dynamic duos, and they were all really homoerotic. It was like Mr. <laughs> and Mrs. Claus. So I decided to go for the least homoerotic, which ended up actually being more homoerotic. Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I can't think of a good Christmas one. It's hard, isn't it? You can't go the reindeer. You can't go like Santa and Rudolph, because then you oh, think yeah. Santa's diddling Rudolph. I was trying to think of a good Die Hard one, but we've used Myrtle and Riggs before. Yeah, we have. Classic. You know that was a Christmas film, the first one? It is. And the second one, too. <sighs> Came up in our staff uh, Christmas quiz today. You're genuinely surprised by this. Did you yeah, like, like Die Hard re- was a Christmas movie? I remember one of them, there's the scene at Christmas. Yeah, yeah. No, the second one, too. Like, he, yeah, yeah. He's, he goes to the airport to pick up the, his wife because he's coming for Christmas, something like that. Holy shit. Yeah, 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 Christmas is a very integral part of the storyline, Andrew. Well, <laughs> well I need to go back and... it's in the background. I mean, what do you want? <laughs> well, <laughs> there is actually that? a discussion about it. Like, the people arguing about, like, is it a Christmas movie or is not? Yeah, it is. Well, I was devastated this week to find out that Bruce Willis has officially come out and said that Die Hard is not a Christmas film. <gasps> yeah, but what does he know? Exactly. Fucking bull prick. Anyway, um, what are we talking about tonight? Oh yeah, on tonight's episode, <laughs> uh, we're going to be talking about something that's very close to Martin's heart, and that's why he's come out of retirement uh, to come back on the podcast <laughs> to give us a very special salt mine. And actually, the the whole episode's a salt mine, so buckle in. No. Um, <laughs> we're going to be no. talking about uh, negative play experience, which is actually something that's come up quite a lot across the podcast, but we've never really engaged the head on. So I think there's, there's going to be lots of interesting stuff discussed today, hopefully. Otherwise, just write this episode off for three hours. Um, you know, go go speak to your family or something. Um, but the definition of negative play experience is that when playing a game it frustrates or bo- bores, sorry, one or both players, and negative play experience is thought to prevent new players from fully entering the game, uh, and also leads to existing players often abandoning the game. So obviously, this is a really important aspect of any community, um, and one which. There's going to be some chat about. 
some some things I think people will will see coming, but uh, we're hoping that the conversation is going to be largely constructive. So, so yeah. But before we get there, we've got uh, we'll check what everyone's doing before we're heading down to uh, Martin's glory hole. But um, what's ever what's everyone been up to hobby wise? Hobby wise, actually, like painting minis. Fuck all. Um, okay. Playing. I have started playing someone else. And I'm happy to report that the two games that I've played so far have been massive losses. <laughs> Welcome to the club. <laughs> yeah, and well, I mean, yeah. I can, I'm quite confident I can chalk this up just to not really knowing what I'm doing. Mm. It will take some time. Silver and Sar like that is one of the most the the, the curve is very steep to learn. I mean, there's yeah, like I I feel like I've been talking about it on the forum a little bit. Just I like having a record of my lists just so like over like the months I can look back and be like oh that's what I was playing with initially but <laughs> I'd I'd like to get to the point where I would I'm going to be playing with a predominantly elf list and not rely <laughs> on the trees but I just feel like the trees are just such a crutch for the book right now that yeah it's very it's hard not to... it's not a crutch it's actually the opposite the elves are the crutch for the book you think oh yeah like if you want a stable list you need to play the trees that's the problem. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. No, that's that's what Paul means. That's oh, what that okay, means. Okay. Oh, yeah. sorry, sorry. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yes. So like, I I like the idea of eventually having like a predominantly elf list, but like I just think that, as you say, there's just certain things that you can't rely on that other books just innately have, like resilience and saves. <laughs> yeah. 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 <laughs> you're and you're non, kind of non-expensive units. Yeah. That... So you're you're kind of forced to play super aggro or just play with druidism mm-hmm. so, or both so today's topic is very good for you then paul well like as i say i'm a i'm a sylvan elf noob so like a lot of this criticism can just be chalked up to that right but no <laughs> no <laughs> sorry no i already told you <laughs> stick to the ogres <sighs> That we'll is okay. You will you you will enjoy painting mo- these models. They are really beautiful. Yeah, I mean that's that's really like one of the biggest draws for me. Anyways, is the hobby aspect. But there are parts of the book that I do like. It's just there are parts that are really good. Yes, it's but... just it's just it just takes a little bit of finesse. It's a very different book from the other two books I've tried. So. Uh, yeah. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Yes, you don't have armor, <laughs> and you are receiving three. Yes. Yeah, it's bad. It's bad. Yeah, I know. <laughs> don't you feel like every time that you open the book and you try to write the list, you see, oh fuck, shit, what is this shit here, and why do we have this restriction or or stuff like that? Because I remember Andrew, like when we were writing lists for tour- the team tournaments, like, Andrew was, what the fuck is this book about? It's so and I, He wrote a list, and, I, and then suddenly I told him, that's an illegal list. And he goes, why? And he goes, well, you have three, three fathers, and stuff like that. And, what the fuck? Which, ironically, you can do that now, right? You can yeah. do it now, but yeah. you still have some restrictions. But, yeah. ah, don't worry. I'm, I'm pretty sure they're going to remove it because, oh, everybody's using them. So, yeah. Right. A lot of problems with the book. I would de- definitely agree with that. Yeah, they they need a a rebump. Please pick them pick them for the next lab. Please. <laughs> please, but uh, please that's, that's enough of my uh, <laughs> uh, hobby. What what about you, uh, Andrew? You've been uh, 
you've got some pretty big news. I think this is the first episode back since it is from the UK. Yeah. Yeah. So I've I've moved house, which is taking up the majority of time and attention over the last few hours. But that's is up and and settled now. So if anyone is in Orkney and fancies to give a name page, give it yeah, a Sunny no. Kirk Bowl. <laughs> <laughs> I went down to the club on what was that last Thursday? No. Week yeah, last, last week. Was yeah. it was last week? Was it was it? last week, yeah, yeah, it was last week. Um, and played a little game at ninth with one of the guys there. And there was a lot of people interested, to be fair. Um, and the guy had a nice time. Um, he beat me. And <laughs> I wasn't letting him beat me. He should have won, but he won. I'm not better about it. <laughs> and, uh, yes. yeah, there's not been a lot of hobby, though. Like, I played a few games on, on UB. Um, and I've built 10 Barrowguard. But I haven't actually painted anything. But I'm hoping over the next wee while, because, like, that's work starting to wind down for Christmas so I'm hoping to get a few a few days of building or painting or, or some kind of hobby maybe maybe I might do some more terrain work but that might be a step oh, amazing <laughs> have you done any terrain work at all uh have I not sent you the photos of the terrain as it is just now yeah. yes it's... let's say let's pretend that I see okay okay I mean it's not there's they're not finished but they're not unstarted <laughs> you've, you've started to like put the texture and all that on them, right? Yeah. Okay. Okay. Yeah, it's alright. Like you've what you've sanded them and you've done the like the the graveyard piece. So yeah, the, the forest like the is done. I just need to uh, like paint the base for the the forests, and then the impassables are all done. I just need to do their bases, and the walls are all done. I just need to do their bases, but I need to do like the hills and the water okay. and finish the graveyard. So it's How all right. Do- how are you, you planning on doing use... the hills? Oh, yeah. Oh, the hills were a little bit of... I I did something really stupid. And I didn't realise it was stupid until after. But I used the Daz clay for the hills. Mm-hmm. Which, in, in theory, is a, is, is a good idea. Well, one, it warped it. It absolutely did that. And <laughs> and two, I saw these people online saying, use, like, cover, like, yes. get something plastic as yeah. your, like, shape. And then use that to sculpt the Daz around. No. Um. Well, no. I didn't do that. I saw that. And I was like, that that doesn't seem right. So I didn't do it. But now one of the hills is completely broken off the base. Yep. So I had to glue it back on. So what did uh, what did you actually use for the for the mound? Just the clay. I just made a big pile of it. All right. So, so Andrew, the the yeah. way you do it with that with that particular clay is like you cover. So you need to wet the surface where you are putting it. Yeah. together and then you put once you put the you put it on top and you shape it and sculpt it and all that you cover it with a wet towel or something like that so it doesn't dry so fast so uh, you, you slow the curing process the, the curing time so it doesn't warp right i did everything up until that last step yep okay yeah, but usually it's better if you use polystyrene or like the the insulation form or stuff like yeah. that. Yeah. It's just getting hold of like small enough pieces that you don't have to go to B and Q and be like, I need to buy a six by four slab of this shit. Yes. Yeah. Well that's why I got the Daz clay, because it comes in like like I don't know, like a one kilo block. Yeah. Yeah. So it was like half a kilo each for the hills, and it just kind of made a big mound. It was basically like you know that bit in Jurassic Park when they come in and they go up to yeah. the triceratops, <laughs> and, and the triceratops is past it because it's done that massive pile of shit. 
That's yep. what my hills look like. <laughs> nice. <laughs> Well, that's, that's the way it passed out. I that's just had, like, a massive well, you know, job in was like anything to lie down. That is what happens. I've read the book and that's what happens. Oh, okay. So are, 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 you, like, are you making the terrain the size of the 2D terrain, like the official terrain from yeah. Oh, okay, okay. Yeah, so the outlines all match. So like, this is what, like, it's a really fucking good idea. What I didn't yeah. really, like, it was a pain in the arse to move because I'd glued it all to the bases. So, like, the, the impassable are all quite bulky. Mm. So I thought it was like, oh, this is such a sick idea. This is going to look so good. And then when I couldn't be arsed finishing it, it was all sitting <laughs> out on the table. And then I was like, right, I need to put this in some kind of box to transport it in the car. Um, so, yeah. I got up here. There was actually, remarkably, uh, no breakages. Wow. Uh, until... Good. Until... <laughs> I backhanded one of the altars by accident when I was putting it in a cupboard and it fell over, it broke and it broke a, a giant bat. But relatively speaking, I'm quite happy with that. Okay. Have you painted them? Like, uh, apart from the, the thing that you, the try you did with the airbrush? The terrain? Yeah. Uh, the trees are all done, the walls are done, and the impassable, like, statues are all done. I just haven't done the water, the hills, or, and I haven't finished the graveyard. Yeah, yeah, but so uh, completely done with all the paint on the dry brush and no, all no, of course it's not completely done. Ah, okay. <laughs> Martin, I didn't bring you on the podcast to ask stupid fucking questions, right? <laughs> no, you really mean to say stupid things. Yeah. Well, it's year the terrain twenty thirty four. Yeah, 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 yeah. I w- I will start painting the rain like probably next week or so. Oh, Jesus. But I will use an airbrush too. To be fair, though, the thing that's going to get me off my ass to get it finished is, like, in the summer, if anyone says, right, we're going to come up yeah, something, I'm going to be like, oh, shit, I need to get this painted. Dude, prepare yeah. it, because I'm, I'm coming up in April or May, something yes, like that. Yes, do it. Shut your piece, Jordan, and put my feet on the on the feet thingy. Oh, don't. On you, the cow. Don't, don't get me started. <laughs> we have, I was testing the relationship right now. For, for context, there is a footstool. That is a Highland cow that um, I was explicitly told not to put my feet up on because it was for decoration only. And then last night she put her feet up on it. So this is what um, I'm going to petrol bomb the house. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, that's uh, that's the hope. It's not going to be huge, but hopefully over the next few while. Yeah, you are so lucky that Jordan has to listen to this. Uh, I'm a little bit scared. She might be standing outside the room. She might like. <laughs> You're waiting for me. <laughs> what you say about my cow? <laughs> what about you, Martin? Well, I've been painting quite a lot. The last thing that I painted, I finished yesterday or the day before the a war one for Warcry of the Iron Show, so the orcs, mm. like the black orcs. Um, and I'm painting a couple of the characters from Cure City right now. I started painting them on uh, yesterday, actually. Uh, so I will probably, once I finish them, and I have another Warband for Warcry, I will focus on on the terrain from Warcry because I have a lot of boxes and they keep accumulating in my house. Uh, I I'm starting feeling like a, a bit uh, worried that I have a lot of plastic. Like how you're talking about this, like you don't know how it's happening. <laughs> exactly. I mean, 
I know it's happening, but when they release the third box and I haven't painted or assembled any of the others, it's like, mm, fuck, I might need to start painting something of that. So yeah, I will, I will start painting them, uh, but I'm going to do like, I bought the oil paints. So try to do the oil washes and remove with the sponges and all that. So try to do a quick job there. But all of us, we know that it's going to take me like three months to paint a single building. So it's yeah. okay. That's what I do. It's fine. It's fine. It's fine. How do you find the oils? So I use them for the iron shows to draw the the lines between the, the armor. Uh, like the shadow, shadowy lines? Yeah, so it's like panel lining. I think the name is panel. You do panel lining, lining with uh -huh. them, and it's fucking amazing because you dilute them so much that they the surface tension that they have from the liquid is amazing. It, it goes through all the crevices and the holes. It's super good. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, is it's that, super is good. Is that the main advantage you find with those? No, well, yes and no. The other advantage is like you dilute them a lot with the white spirits and you can do a wash and you cover the entire surface and then you go with the sponges and the makeup sponges or the cotton or whatever and you start rubbing. Uh -huh. So you have all the shadows done. And then you can you, you basically finish because you have the base color and shadows and natural oh, yeah. shadows. I've seen this. This is there's a there's a tutorial on YouTube with a guy with a ultramarine, space marine. And he basically just does the base colors and then yep. he does that and it looks awesome. It yep. just like it makes everything pop and it makes the battle, sorry, the, the armor look really battle worn. Yep. Really impressive. Yeah, you can. And then you, if you want, you can do more highlights and stuff. But yeah. 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 So you're, but the, the, the sponging is basically taking the, the wash off of like the, the flat surfaces where you exactly. don't want yeah, it yeah. and it just yeah, pushes exactly. it into the, the crevices. Right. Yeah. So yeah. So it's you can apply it. Flat. It's not only flat because if you have like a, a cape, like a full cape, yeah, and you apply that, and then you go through on top of the cape, and you are removing only the 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 surface that is on top of it, like the the few hair strains that are uh, more out of the yeah. of the cape. So you can you not can you not like obviously you know more about painting than me, so maybe this is a, a stupid question, but you can't do that same technique with something like a null wash where you apply it everywhere and then selectively take it off the areas that you don't want it. Mm, is the, is the no, finish quite different? The, yes, and also it's because the like a normal wash is acrylic and they dry qu very quickly. Mm. So oh, okay. the, with the old washes, you have like, you basically have days to do it. All right, so okay. If, if you don't want to do it at the same time that you apply, you just if you do it on the next day, you grab the sponges, the makeup sponges, and you uh, put a, a bit of a white spirit on it, and then you rub it on the on the surface on the model, and and it comes off. Okay. That's cool. like the the oil oil paints. They don't dry fast. They dry like it takes ages to dry. So right. you can you can reactivate them with a bit oh, of okay. white spirit. Cool. Yeah, it's something that I'm experimenting. I'm, I haven't tried them before. I I was a bit uh, worried to try it on the on the models, but yeah. I I just I I grabbed one, I did it, and it was oh, this is amazing. I'm, I may convert now. It's that kind of leap of faith moment where you just cover it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 That's why I will try with the 
uh, with the terrain first because if it if I screw up, it doesn't matter. Yeah. yeah. No, I've seen uh, that suggested quite a lot that you use new techniques on terrain because it's more forgiving. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's terrain, and you also like nobody cares. Nobody cares. See, nobody cares about terrain. Nobody cares about terrain. That's why I'm not bothering about it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> right. We need to shut the fuck up because we've got a lot to talk about. Yeah. Um, and before <laughs> before we get into the nuts and bolts, mostly nuts, we're gonna go down to the glory hole. So let's head on down to the salt mine. Yeah, baby. It's salt time. So, uh, today's salt mine is a special salt mine because it's fresh from, I don't want to say the mine, what would it be? Fresh from... The grotto? The grotto, oh, that sounds seedy, yeah, I like that, fresh from the grotto, yep. Uh, (laughs) Hot out of the oven. Um, Martin, do you want to explain what your salt mine is for us today? Yeah, so this one is very weird, and uh, for people like... You never play the old Warhammer versions, like the 6th edition, 7th edition, or, or even 5th edition. Uh, when infantry, well, every model, when you charge, it was, you need to estimate it first, like, because you couldn't measure. And the the charge and the march range was double the advanced uh, distance that you have on the model. So, for example, uh, orcs, humans, they all march and charge eight inches. So now, when they well, when they change to eight edition, and that's what we inherited with the, with nine age, you can pre-measure everything, and you basically you roll two d six, and you add that distance to the advance rate. So, which is okay, but it creates some situations where you are charging with infantry a lot and the cavalry is not very it's not that reliable they can fail quite much and it doesn't move that much like the difference between the cavalry and the infantry is not that 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 mm. good also infantry like for example dwarves charging 15 inches that's fucking insane that's like they're moving three they should be like between three and nine inches that they can charge Something like that. So yeah, it's basically infantry charging long distances like that. And you said that in the Warhammer Army project. Yeah. So what they 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 change it. I don't really like that too much, but there is something to think about it. Like for example, infantry they can only charge that pants and they roll two d six, but they only pick the highest. Yeah. So you can. It's basically. Your advance rate plus one dice, which is fine for infantry, but you if you fail, you also move that dice, so the the highest die. So you might fail. You roll ball one and you move only one. Uh, so it's not very forgiving. But charging in that game actually matters a lot because, uh, for example, also the cavalry they they get extra. Uh, initiative or agility in that game for having lances and for charging and stuff like that so they can actually hit before the regular units but I don't know maybe it's not 2d6 but maybe if we change 2d3 or something like that 
and, and we make the cavalry, we, we can make the cavalry better in the game. Like it should be better. Cavalry is actually crap in the game yeah. most of the time. But do you yeah. think the, the issues around cavalry uh, are they not separate just from their ability to charge? Isn't it more oh, about yes. like their ability to break units? Oh, they are, but when you if you have the cavalry that can actually cover longer distances when they charge and when they move, uh, you are giving them a bit more like uh, they are spicier than the, I, the yeah, than like the, it definitely. <laughs> I love that you went for that. <laughs> you could have gone, gone appealing. You could have gone a better choice. You went no, they're spicier. I like this. <laughs> I mean, it certainly protects cavalry from being charged by infantry. And so from like from like an immersive point of view, I get that because that seems weird. Mm. Um, I don't because, know. Do you not I, think that's weird? Well, I think it's weird that the infantry can move that much because you are. It's like think about it in a real situation. You when you are charging, you are like if you move four inches, and you suddenly roll an eight, you are moving triple your movement uh, rate. So it kind of like. When you charge, you don't move that much. You get tired after a bit. So why are you moving that much? And an eight or a seven is not that actually alone. Like that's average on the dice. Yeah. So I, I think that infantry might need to move lo- less. Only one charges. Uh, but I don't know. That's something that came to my mind after seeing a couple of games of the Warhammer Army project. Like I saw, oh, actually, yeah, it makes a bit of sense. Like mm-hmm. because I, I I used to complain when I started playing eighth edition, like, oh my god, those fucking dwarves are charging, uh, they are covering a long distance by charging. They actually they can move even more than their actually advance rate if they fail a charge. So it's kind of like what the fuck. Yeah, it's, it's an interesting idea. Here. No, go on. Go on. No, just like uh, we were just talking about this before we started recording. But when I when I first read this. I thought I, Martin's stupid. Don't don't agree with that. And then I was ironing yesterday, and I was thinking, about this. <laughs> and I was like, "Fuck, maybe he's got a point." <laughs> because I think theoretically, a hundred percent agree with you. Like infantry shouldn't really be charging, except from other infantry. Mm-hmm. Um, and at that point, they should be relatively close together. Yep. So actually, I quite like this idea of it being um, that you know one d six maximized essentially, because mm-hmm. I think thematically that that makes more sense. And it gives cavalry because if cavalry were to stay three dice swift straight, yes, that means cavalry are way faster on the charge. Well, maybe we can do like two d six without the swift trade, but doesn't matter. But actually, I think it's it's, it's better to keep it three d six because then that makes cavalry really threatening for okay. long, long charges. But the one thing that will stop this ever being considered as a change is because it makes infantry even weaker at a point when I know, I know. Yeah, single models and monsters are already. Yeah, yeah stuff so you, you you should make other changes to the. To yeah, the game. you would you would need to. Yeah, but actually theoretically, I I think I I think I like this. How would uh, that we, affect things like infantry heavy lists playing against like a gunline or something? No, because you are not. Well, but the gunlines they are supposed to have like at least two turns to shooting. Like if you march twice. So you are 16, so you are already yeah. 8 inches away. So it's yeah. a 4 up on the dice to charge a uh, gun line. Yeah, but you're going to have chaff and things to slow those units down, of course. right? Of course. So then do you also then need to limit 
your ability to chaff or do things like dogs and like non I'm, I'm thinking about non-cavalry chaff so things like yeah. beasts do they need to be slower maybe I don't know I don't think so but because you can kill them but then before. you could have like infantry is 1d6 maximized mm-hmm. and you could have beasts are 2d6 yeah. So, no, I'm talking, no, but, so this is no, but he's talking about like chaff. the dogs. They can move sixteen inches, so yeah. they, they come into your face. Yeah, but then that's fine. Then that, that, I mean, that almost forces you to, if you've got like a pushy infantry army, then you've got to assume that you're going to be charged. So you just march up, and then you've got to bring stuff to clear chaff, or you charge the chaff. Well, it it, it will definitely change the way you write lists. Yeah. That for sure. And maybe the gun lines, we see more gun lines, which are maybe not fun to play against. <laughs> maybe. But when you play them, they might be fun or not. I don't know. That's, that's one of the topics, yeah. actually. Uh, but I don't know. Yeah, maybe the gun lines are too powerful. Uh, but I don't remember the gun lines being that uh, a big issue in Warhammer, in the first editions of Warhammer. I mean, in, I mean, depending on the gun line in the matchup, like, be, I mean, a gun line can be really bad. Well, if it's an ogre gun line, yes, of course, you're fucked. Or uh, even like, I mean, I've I've played against Andrew with his empire, and he's killed like two thousand points of a warrior list in like two or three turns. It's brutal. Yeah, it, it can happen. But yeah. the moment that you get the charge with a warrior, you you should be able to kill them, supposedly. So of course, <laughs> of course. Making this change to the to the infantry, it will require to make other changes to the game. So yeah. I'm pretty sure this will never happen because it will bring a lot of like uh, thinking to the the, the 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 ivory tower, and they are not very good at it apparently. So yeah, I don't know, but it's something like it's a salmine, so it doesn't need to make sense. <laughs> but no, actually, it's a, it's actually, a cool idea for sure. Yeah, but if you if you watch like if you read the the WAP uh, rules and if you watch some games, it's not a big issue. It's really not a big issue because what you usually do is you bring more cavalry to deal with that the gun lines, so you go faster and you can charge longer distance with them and you engage with the shooting armies uh, and then you you can move your infantry behind them. Hmm. Yeah, I think I think doing that would be a very big change. I think yeah, yeah, yeah. it would be a lot of things that we need to also potentially change. Things like, I mean, demons. That's an infantry army yeah. with the, where everything's a beast and has first right. So do, do they just lose that? Right. But no, they would still be fast because they would still be beasts. Yep. They can charge to the six or they can charge to the three to be I don't know like more stable on the charge uh, or they can be uh, 3d6 but minimize roll or something yeah, like that i don't know if the demon legends book needs a buff to be honest <laughs> no 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 uh, well you definitely need to more to make some more changes to the game but uh, yeah well uh, they, they also have another thing like when you move in WAP, when you are movement six or more you get swift right so even though you are infantry, like for example, Shaptis or Ogres would charge the 2d6 because they are faster. Oh, okay. 
Uh, <laughs> oh, no pose on board. Yeah, no, yeah. like I still, I don't know. Like it's, but I, I'm, I'm not saying like we should copy what they did on that game. I, I'm saying it's something to consider. Like the infantry, they can move a lot, and it shouldn't be that way. It's interesting. Maybe they're, they're operating within the same framework as as ninth, right? So they've got the same yeah. kind of issues, and they've just come up with a different. Yeah. And you can, I mean, you can look at Kings of War because they did the opposite. They stuck to basically what, you know, fifth and sixth edition did, where you know it's just set. Oh, you, you need to estimate, yeah. And and Kings of War, you don't need to. At least the last edition I played, um, you, I think you can still measure, but it's like set charges. Oh, so there's, okay. There's a lot more charges in Kings of War because, like, you also don't stay engaged in Kings of War. Like, you you charge, you fight, then you break off, then uh, you get charged normally. Yeah. I don't particularly. I don't think it's a particularly great system, but it's still it's interesting that that's you know a different solution to the same problem. Mm. So yeah, yeah. Or, or have you have you seen the wargaming from the balcony battle report from? What I can't remember the Oathmark, I think is the Oathmark. game. Yeah, yeah. So I think the charge is also set. Uh, I can't remember, but when they fight, when they the the combat finish. They don't break and run like they jump, they, they jump back or something like that. Yeah. They unengage. They're basically unengaged. Yeah, that's kind of what Kings of War does. And the thing I really did, like, I think the whether you make or charge or not is a huge strategic like oh, yeah. the game. And it's quite boring in Kings of War where you're like, okay, I'm within eight, I'll charge. And there's no element of like, oh, you know, do you I stay think... ordered or yeah. So yeah, that, that personally, that's why I would stick with either what we are doing or what Army um, Warmer Army project. It's yeah, just, yeah. Be yeah. I think it's cool. I think it's cool. I, I can't believe that you agree with me, but okay. Well, I didn't initially. <laughs> yeah, I know, I know. But, but I told you we're never going to agree yeah. with anything like that. But I know I do like it. I think the issue is, is that it probably makes infantry weaker. So you would, like you say, you would need to make changes across the board. Well, because... the infantry is weaker, but you have more bodies, so you you still have a steadfast. So you will basically maybe need to remove the the thunder storms and all that, or remove the storms, like reduce the amount of storms. To well, it's something that we are going to talk about in the yeah, <laughs> the rest of the three hours. Yeah. yeah. So yeah, we'll maybe leave that there then. But yeah. I th- I think it's an interesting idea. I think that's a very thought-provoking soul mind, Martin. Well oh, I can't believe it. Well done. I'm back with all my, my power. You're back to the bag. <laughs> yes. Uh, okay, so let's jump on in then to the main topic of the show. Yep. Magic Radio. So, we are here tonight to talk about negative player experience. Um, and I gave you the textbook definition at the beginning of the show, but Martin, do you want to maybe talk us through why you wanted to discuss, uh, to discuss this and yeah. have some examples? Yeah. So this came to my mind. I think it was during the last episode or the the one before. You were talking about something with I can't remember with who was it and what triggered it. Uh, but it was you were discussing about one of the topics for sure that we are going to talk about, and I was oh. Wait a second. We never did an episode of this. And I saw an episode in YouTube of Vin Venturella uh, about talking about this in Age of Sigma. And he actually had a point with all the things that he mentioned there. 
So I started thinking about it and I mentioned it to you guys and you said, yeah, sure, like we can do it. And if you want to write something like, well, well I wrote like how many pages? Six pages. So. <laughs> <laughs> so no, but basically this came from because I'm not really enjoying the game much. Uh, I'm strong with a lot of the armies that I play. And I feel like the game is stuck in a state like you had to wait for the new books, otherwise there is nothing new in it. Um, they remove a lot of the random of the of the of the game, which is okay for competitive play games, but when you go to have fun, it's, it's a bit maybe boring. Uh, so, and it doesn't matter if I win or lose because winning or losing is part of the game, but. When you see that you are not progressing on the game, you are always losing or you are always like making bad faces or complaining about everything. Like despite the fact that I complained about everything all the time, <laughs> like when you see that it's more than usual, it's something. It's, it's you realize you start realizing like there is something wrong here. Like I'm not enjoying this game. It might not be for me, which it can be the case. Uh, and so I started thinking about the the, the, the topics that I, I thought that were MPE and what they brought me to think that this is not the game for me. Uh, it probably is not the game for me. Uh, so, for example, so the examples that I, I grabbed from from internet when I, I copy paste the, the definition of it. So the I think they are from well they are from different games. One I think is from Magic and the other one is from another game called Citadels. So. The first example that I gave was this term came out after playing Citadels with some friends. We all liked the game, but one role, the assassin, obviously, gave an MPE to the others. So that got me thinking of other games we play with the same issues. So again, with, MP, with an MPE, it doesn't have to be a bad game at all, but it's just a, a, a part of it that we need to deal with. Like, for example, I don't know if you guys know about the World of Warcraft, the, the morph game. Uh, I know about it, but never played it. Okay, so there was a there was a class that it was actually the assassin. Like he can cover in shadow, so he he became invisible. So you were playing there, and suddenly you get killed behind you. And that was like, well, this is shit. I'm peacefully <laughs> here killing monsters, and someone killed me from behind, and I couldn't see it, and I couldn't react at all. So this is that's that bullshit, <laughs> you know. So that's that's an example of MPE. Uh, another one that I found was uh, when you grow going against a certain card deck. So this is for magic, for example, uh, over and over. Like uh, when you when it's simply not fun to play against a certain card because your actions are forced and you have no choice because your odds are beat, of beating him are a slim to none. And the worst part is, it's part of the meta, so you run into the hero. And card every other game. Mm -hmm. So, for example, in Magic, if you ever play Magic, the the blue deck is kind of like an MPE for the others because it's a control deck, and controls they play to exhaust you at some point. Don't don't let you play the way you want to play, the way you, the, your 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 deck is designed. Uh, so, for example, in in Nine Age, uh, a pretty good example can be dwarves or vampires like the regrow all the time vampires and stuff like that uh, they can be this way that they force you to play in a way that you don't 
you weren't supposed to be playing, like you didn't design your list to, for it. Um, obviously, uh, losing is part of the game. So nobody's here saying like, oh, the, this is MPE or this is crap because I keep losing all the time. No, it's like I'm not enjoying it because you can have, you can lose a game, but you, you can enjoy it. Like, for example, like all your war machines start blowing up or, or they make crazy stuff or you cast a spell and you roll triple sixes, but you also kill the general, but you kill your general and your wizard. So you are screwed at that point. But hey, something happened and something that is not supposed to happen, happened. And well, we both laugh and we keep playing. That's it. But I lost the game. It's okay. It doesn't matter. Okay. So again, maybe like a disclaimer before we, because yeah, we're, yeah, yeah. we're going we're to try and talk quite thematically. So yeah. there's a bunch of stuff that Martin's flagged um, that we're going to have a talk uh, about, but they, it largely falls into um, kind of three big categories, um, that being kind of uh, like, the pro the project's like organization, yep. um, the game mechanics of the game itself, and then more hobby kind of aspects. So those are going to be the three big kind of silos that we're going to discuss. So as um, a disclaimer, uh, not everything that we are going to mention is something that we consider is an MPE or yeah. is bad for the game, and not everything that we are going to mention is necessarily bad for the game. Like. It's okay, like, dwarves are supposed to be uh, shit, like, can't to play against. But I, we, we think it's too much at this point. Uh, something like that. But, yeah, so, and, and we are, I'm, I'm also going to try not to be salty and moaning all the time. So, please bear in mind, it might go wrong and it might be a very bit long salt mine episode. We'll find out. Well, let's see what happens. Um, so the first thing that you wanted to talk about, and there'll be some things that we can kind of talk very quickly about other things that might require a little bit more discussion. Um, but yeah, the first thing that you wanted to talk about was the amount of special rules in the game. And this is something that's come up on the podcast yep. as well. Yep. Oh, I think it was that the thing that triggered me uh, that you were discussing. I think it was with Casimir that he was saying like, it's a core infantry. Why has so many special rules? Like, yeah. it's, it's a Lancer. It's a Spearman. Why? Why? So I I counted this, the the number of special uh, rules that we have in the game. Um, there are 124 in the rulebook. Uh, if you well, I I cheat a bit with some of them because there were some rules that were like too long and have three different things. So I cut that in three times instead of one. So maybe the the number is 120. But it's, it's, it's something like that. It's not okay. a bit different. Uh, so let's say we have 110 rules in the basic rulebook. And something that we keep seeing in the new books, without counting the the demons, because that's something different and it shouldn't be, but it's okay. We have, and this was a surprise to me, Dreadles has 31 rules. Warrior 32. ID 34 and um, Vermin Sword 52. So I was very shocked with the Dreadals because when we were playtesting it, we, we thought like, uh, it's okay, it's not that many. We, we remember everything pretty quickly. But actually 31 is a lot. It's quite a lot, yeah. 
and, I think and, a big, and this uh, is a trend. Like all the new books are coming this way. Yeah, I think the thing to I would agree with you. Like with the Dreadel thing, I think that is quite surprising because it felt like a very streamlined book in comparison to like the others. The books yeah. That, yeah, the ones that came before for sure. Like IV. Yeah. Yeah, and even Warriors. Like there's a few yeah. entries that are quite complicated. Like the Hellmall. Oh. In, in particular, is a you need to read that a good number of times to get yeah, your, guys, your head around it. Guys, just just like if you had to write a full page of rules. The rule is bad. Yeah, I agree with that. That, that. It shouldn't be that way. It's a rule that it should be quick to, to pick, uh, to catch. It shouldn't create that many situations, weird situations that you need to specify all of them and you keep counting, encountering new ones that you were, you didn't put on the text, on the full page. I, I think that's what makes the difference with the Jed Elf book. For all that there are a good number of additional rules there, I think most of them are quite simple by comparison they're not as text heavy so maybe that's why yeah, it doesn't but, feel as bad as the other ones but the academy one is actually quite uh, yeah difficult and it's it's really simple but it's quite difficult to when you are in the game like oh wait i have a rank so i have this and this and this and this and this and this and it's like oh that's too much so we are not saying that the game should shouldn't be complex we know that this game is going to be complex it's a large game and it has 16 armies. So we, and I think that most of the people that come to play the game or play the game, they want that. They want a complex game. But it's like, I think it's too much. Like you can write full new books with three, four rules, racial rules, and they have flavor and they, they can be good. You shouldn't be putting 52 new rules in the book. I mean, like as a number, I don't think it matters in and of itself. Like personally, I I don't think there are too many in the Dread Elf book. I would agree that there are certain rules that are quite complicated, and they have simplified some of them. Like the Mist Leviathan was yeah, a mess yeah. when that came oh, out. It was a have, full yeah, it was like the Helmet, and they have fixed it, so it's not as complicated as it was. Yeah, but now the the the, the model is shit. So well, that's a different issue. Like, <laughs> I think. As I say, I don't think the number itself is a problem. I don't think the Jedalpic has too many. I think the Vermin Swarm... It's the complexity of them, not the is, well, like, I, I, well, I think the, the Vermin Swarm suffers from both. I think the yes. number is too much, especially on things like core units, which don't need to have that level of additional rules. Hmm. Um, Like for the Warrior book, I think with an elite army... I think it wouldn't be so bad, but I think what makes it worse for the Warriors is that the book is so big. There's a lot of units in the book. Yeah, that's something that's, yeah, that's an additional thing. Like you have, when you have a lot of entries in the book uh, and you have a lot of rules in the book, start becoming a, a, a unbearable. Yeah, it, especially it for new players. It's, it's like when you think about like, if you need to teach this, well, Andrew, you will experience it probably, but the guys there on the club, they, they used to play Warhammer before, so maybe yeah. it's okay with them. But if you try to teach this game, I tried to teach to someone, to some friends from, or colleagues from work, and it was impossible. Like they gave up like after a couple of times, it was now this this too much for me. This is too much to remember. I think it's like I agree with 100% everything that's been said so far. and. Like we've said previously, that 
like they're getting the LABs especially are getting into a really bad habit of just making sure that every unit or every second unit has a special rule or something or a special it, weapon yeah it, it doesn't just like you, you distinguish the units and you give flavor by the stats mm-hmm. and that's enough like you did the vermin black forest don't need testudo or phalanx one because they're shit names and two because <laughs> like they're core infantry they don't they just don't need that and it is it's over overly complex and there's stuff like i think the warriors book is okay but even things like like that is that was always going to be a more complex book because of the nature of the marks and stuff like that but like they don't help themselves in relation to some of those marks like wrath like wrath could just be lightning reflexes in the first round that's it yeah and like uh, what is it lust could just be strider mm-hmm. or you... yeah or the gluttony could be plus one resilience that's it yeah like it, and and then you price that accordingly like all these extra sentences add up yeah. across a book and then they put i agree like i'm a i'm a complexity like fetishizer like I love, I love the game because it's complex. I love complex games anyway because I feel like you can fully immerse yourself in it, and that's always going to have an audience. But it makes it really hard to sell to a new player, even if someone that's that's genuinely wanting to get involved in a game like this because they have one look at the text, and they're like, "This is, this is very cerebral," and then you times that by sixteen. Yeah. Also, like you can add complexity in another ways, like for example, deployment types or secondaries. Stuff like that. Like I, I play work. I uh, so I went to Spain uh, a few months ago, and I play a couple of things of work with a friend. And the rules are like four or five pages of it, and that is really quick to catch. But the complexity in the game is actually on the secondary and the deployment types that you have there. And it, I, when we initially started playing, like we were like, uh, this is like a rolling, like a pretzel and beer game. Like you roll yeah. the dice and that's and that's it. It's actually not. It's actually quite complex. Mm. It's actually really complex. And because we we find out like we were thinking what to do and how to do it and how to accomplish the 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 second well not the second the victory conditions they call it. And it was like, huh, this is not what I was expecting of this game. <laughs> it's not taking ten minutes to play it. So yeah, actually. You can add complexity not with only with the with the rule book, uh, with the basic rule books. I mean, we're going to the uh, supplementary uh, scenarios. We ha- uh, no, they don't have supplementary scenarios. So every yeah, time, they uh, where the war the, No, advantage. There's ah, a whole other secondary and deployment book. Yeah, but nobody plays them because they are not for competitive games. So do you think so, that's just? I and mean, is that well, just an issue that, of people that you're playing with? Because you well, can't. Maybe you, you guys can't say are it's so there's... you can't. <laughs> what? Because you don't. Maybe you guys are can't because you don't want to play that. But uh, well, maybe. But well, maybe we are. I don't know. <laughs> no, but I mean, no. we definitely are. But that doesn't. I don't think that comes into this. But, but like, this well, is it. But no one's even suggested using this. No, nobody, never. But why haven't you? Because I don't give a shit anymore. But I'm. I'm Seriously, I never considered it because uh, all the auxiliary things, I think that they shouldn't be focusing on them because it's a waste of resources that they don't have. And this is another topic for uh, later. Like the speed that they are releasing the new books is slower than Gates Workshop when they were releasing their games. And I know nobody's paying. Well, 
La... <laughs> well, they've been releasing a book a year, so they we'll, used we'll to come be... back to that. <laughs> yeah, we, we need we need to stay focused. <laughs> yeah, yeah, uh, but I don't know. Maybe those scenarios are fun, but have you read them, Paul? Uh, no, but that's because I'm not interested in playing them. But I don't have an issue with the, the six core deployments and secondaries. But okay. you do. So this is I'm just saying, like yeah, yeah. there there is a whole other book sure. for that very reason, right? Right, but when you go to a tournament you don't play that. The, the only different tournament we have is uh, Siege. And it's basically a revamp of, of the scenarios that we already have on the book. I'd also like to point out that a lot of the scenarios in that supplement have been stolen from Siege. Okay. <laughs> Which we in turn stole from someone else. So Yeah, that's fine. Nobody invented the wheel here. It's fine. Maybe we need to start playing that. And um, I'm okay with it. It's actually quite fine. But uh, that I still think that we have a lot of special rules. And, and also, all these rules that we mentioned are not from the magic section or the shooting section or the combat section. They're all only from the special rules section. So it's 110 from the special rules section. And you can write, like, you cannot write the new books using them. You have to invent new ones, too. So it's like... Yeah, like, I would agree with you. Like, it would make learning the game easier if the army books borrowed more from that core set because then you wouldn't be learning new stuff and having to remember what's in the book. Yeah. So I, I would definitely agree with you on that point. Yep. I don't know. I I think there are too many, and we should, you know, they, they should streamline some of the stuff. It makes me a little bit like, because it makes the special stuff leave, seem less special when, yep. like, core units have all these special rules. Mm. And I feel like there's decisions being made because they feel like they're running out of design space because they're kind of thinking, oh, we can't just give out lightning reflexes hmm. because we've already done that, you know, in that book and elves already have it, blah, blah, blah. So then they're kind of pushing themselves into this corner where they have to become more and more elaborate. Um, like the Saurian stuff that's been... Yeah, don't, don't, don't go there. Don't go there. Like... That's, that's a dark place, Andrew. That's a dark place. So I remember having a conversation with Ed years ago about discussions that they were having about the vampire book mm. and that they had this idea that <laughs> the vampires would start off weak in I know the happy vampires because, oh i know what is going yeah because of the sun <laughs> and then they would get stronger as the sun went that that's a fucking stupid idea like if a vampire was weak why is he fighting uh, why why are all battles taking place in the middle of the day and he's like fuck it seven o'clock you're attacking the castle dude you're attacking his castle so you got to like, attack. but like stuff like that just don't put yourself in that kind of <laughs> situation because then you have to then defend like ridiculous but it's kind of like what martin was saying before like there's a difference between coming up with a cool thematic rule but being able to implement it mechanically yeah, doesn't doesn't yeah. make sense it just it's too difficult to as you say to justify so it's just yeah, maybe it does feel like they're trying to shoehorn in too much like this. I mean, it's kind of like, well, we've talked about this before as well, like the background-driven <laughs> element of the game. It's like, well, you're, you are going to put yourself in difficult positions to try and design something that works. Nobody gives a shit about the background. 
and then you're going to cut it. No, that's not really bad. bad. <laughs> but this, this is a really, I think this is actually the core debate within the game right now is how important the background should be because I think that's where a lot of this friction is coming from. That like the people that make the big decisions kind of feel that this needs to be a differential kind of like different game. Uh, it needs to be standalone. It needs to be completely unique. It can't be just okay. ripple so, what it was. So maybe we can talk about the what wants the the game design for the is balanced for tournaments and not the actual fluffy games because it's, it goes that way. Because I think that the problem with the game is like people play it because it's competitive for the competitiveness yeah. and the supposed balance that it has. So. In that case, the fluff doesn't matter to anybody. So I I agree 100% with that. And this might be because like I play the game because I'm a gamer and like I want yeah. to play the game because of the game. And I know that there, there will be people that disagree, but like the game is built for tournament play and there's nothing wrong with that. I don't know why people feel that's kind of like a, you know, a, a taboo. There is not a problem, but they had to say it. They had to be open with it. Like, yeah. Yeah, so the game is balanced this way, especially for team tournaments. It's more balanced in that way because of the rock, paper, scissor nature of the game and the design of the armies and the list. I don't, I don't think that's true. It is, Andrew, because you no, can play Sylvanels very happily if you play in a team tournament. Yeah, right, but this, that's you coming from Sylvanels and like everybody knows that book is a dumpster fire. No, that... not everybody. No, if you go to the forum, they keep saying like the book is amazing. Yeah, but we'll come to the forum because it gets its own <laughs> section because it is a I know, I know. In, of, in of itself. But I, I know, like, but okay, so do, remove the team tournament, okay, but the game is for tournaments, which is fine. I don't think you it just is, say it. No, I don't think I think it's it's for tournament play, but I don't think it's for yeah. teams. No, no, I'm saying like the game the game is for tournaments. Yeah. Okay, just say it, be open with it. So we also have all this other stuff if you want to play casual, which is cool. But when you t- when the game is for tournament, which they don't say and they are going to deny it, then they had to they they come up with all these special rules because of the fluff, and that's when they fuck it, big time. Basically, also the names, they fuck it big time there. Oh, the names are bad. Right, Paul, what do you think about this? <laughs> <laughs> Not the names. We all know what the names. Are. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, I, I think it's hard to get away from the fact that. If you're gonna balance the whole game purely on tournament rules and then deny that it's not based around tournaments, then that seems to be a bit of a disconnect there. Because you're basically pushing the game in such a way that is for tournament play. Well, they balance the game using the tournament lists. Yes, well, this is what I'm saying. It's not even the list; it's the results of the list. Yeah, the results. Well, it's the number repetitions of the like how many times you pick a unit. Yeah, but yeah, that, but if, yes. if if everyone takes the same thing and no one's winning with that list, they're not gonna they're not gonna be like we have to give you a points upgrade because sure. they're but, losing. So it'll be the results as well as yeah, yeah, the yeah. choices. Yeah. So I would agree that you're gonna inherently push the game towards being balanced for tournaments because that's primarily what you're using. And that's the only thing you can use. So I get it. But then if you're then going to deny it, then as I say, there's a bit of a disconnect there, right? So I do agree with you that it is frustrating because on the one hand, they're saying it's background driven, but then with the other hand, they're 
pushing it towards tournament play from that perspective. Yep. So it's kind of it is quite hard. It feels like they don't either. There are different people in the. But this is probably the most likely thing. There are just different people in the project which are which have slightly different opinions, and so yep. depending on who you ask, that's the reply you get. Well, but they they should have an official statement of it, and I'm pretty sure that the official statement is no. This is a game for everybody. It's not for tournaments. I'm pretty sure of it. But yeah, remember, but is it written in such a way that it's like this is for everybody, but at, at the same time we're not denying that we are basically designing it for tournaments. Well, but they are not saying it is designed for tournaments, but the people that designed the game, the the original ones, they no, were see, in tournaments. Is, maybe this is what Angie's point was: is that they're using tournament data to balance the game, and so mm-hmm. from that perspective, it is optimized for tournaments. However, mm-hmm. that doesn't mean you can't play it for fun. Oh, so, but of course. So not. this is why they say it's not just for tournaments. But yeah, but you're designing would. it in such a way that that is how things are intended or how things are optimized. And so when you play things for fun, that is when you start getting this weird but Paul, ish- issues we, around lists and stuff that you're talking about, where things aren't fun anymore because that's we, not how uh, they're supposed to be designed. But Paul, we can play to put your tongue in the battle of the other for fun, and that doesn't mean it's necessary for fun. It's, it's that's a really design. weird callback. <laughs> <laughs> that's a really weird reference. Well, but they come back to it, so I don't know. Uh, I mean, like we can play to whatever is not designed for fun. Like football. Football is a competitive game. Or rugby, they play competitively, but you also have the friendly games, and they probably put like all the substitutes or the underage or stuff like that to have fun or to train them or stuff like that. So of course you can play casually. Everything can be casual, but the game is not balanced that way. It's not designed that way. Yeah, no, I, I'm not disagreeing with you. I think everyone is actually agreeing in different words. <laughs> yeah. That, yeah. Yeah. So why I think that's MPE because that's the, the the main issue is you are designing a game that is supposed to be for everybody, but when you when you are sucking the game, especially the new players, and you go to when you go to tournaments, you have all, all you have the hardcore players, you have the mid tables, and you have the low tables. And you, usually, when you are not good, you are going to stay on the low table. That's fine, uh, and that's where you have fun. But there are a lot of situations that you get very frustrated when you play the game because it's designed in a way that you want to play like when if you want to play Silvanel with all elf list in an all elf list, and you suddenly had to play. I'm not going to say someone with Pyro, but don't know this, the new vermin swarm or stuff with all the shooting they have. It's like why they shoot better than me? I'm supposed to be the skill mission army that shoots everybody and then hits you with a tiny unit that is not it doesn't have a rank and they can kill your stuff, but because you are weakened. Again, but, I think that's a, that's a very army specific. <laughs> Well, it's, it's because Paul is starting playing Sylvans. That's what I'm saying. But I agree that like Sylvan Elves are a book that don't play like they should. Yeah. Um, but I think they're an exception, to be fair, across the army books. Okay. I mean, okay. What, let's say what... Empire. Empire play like they should. Really? Yeah. What, what, how else would they play? 
I don't know. I I think like the cavalry is like with the with the Death Star on the on the cavalry. Yeah, no, that that's but them having strong cavalry should still be an Empire thing. It should, yes. It, it shouldn't be the way it is. I agree. Exactly. The fact that you can you can you can give knightly orders orders and stuff is stupid. That shouldn't be a thing. But um, that's not the 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 book as a whole still plays like it's supposed to. Mm. Um, whereas I think Sylvanels definitely, I agree with you. They they don't play like they're supposed to because el- the elf stuff is so susceptible just now because there's so much ranged uh, magic stuff. Well, uh, so, that's the that's so the, the, the meta trees. problem. Yeah, yeah. That's also the meta problem. Like, but because oh, by the way, that's happened because they br- they brought all these armies like demons, dread elves, vermin swords. There are heavy infantry uh, mod- uh, armies. They have a lot of bodies and they can shoot a lot and they can do a lot of damage from far away. So that's why everybody's bringing catapults and pyro and range damage and more shooting. So that's very crap for Sylvanas. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, but we should maybe move on from that just because. Yeah, 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 yeah. But, Let's yeah, move but, to but, one. but then there's ways around that. Like, I mean, we all agree that the Sylvanas needs, needs. I mean, to be done. Uh, not a, like what, what we are saying. Uh, the armies, most of the armies, uh, I think that all of them have a way of uh, go around that the, those problems. But maybe going around those problems is not the way you want to play the game, or you want to experience the game. Yeah. And that's frustrating. To play devil's advocate, though, does that not make it more rock paper scissors? I think it's. Uh, I, in my opinion, the game is very rock paper scissors. But does that not make it more rock paper scissors by basically? Constraining yeah. what you what you can do in the book to yeah. say you have to play this way. Well, yes, but I think that sometimes they do it not on purpose. They don't realize that they are creating that monster, and the meta shifted to that way. And an army, you you are forced to write a list that is not supposed to be so such to be able to play and be competitive and not getting uh, twenty all the time, like. The Sylvanas, why they use all the trees? Because, well, they are the most stable list that you can build without suffering or being a really good player. Because if you are a really good player, I'm, pr- I'm pretty sure you can play with Sylvanas, all Sylvans, all, all elves, yeah. and uh, still winning. But, w- yeah, but this is something different. That, uh, another issue is, like, when you design the game, I think I wrote it somewhere, like, you need to design the game for the average player not for the very good experienced player. And I think that the game is designed by those players. So that adds another complexity level to the game. Because you, you, you should uh, write the game. So all the armies should have like between a 55 and 45 win rate. Uh, so that's when you balance, actually balance the game. Like all the armies, apart from the top players, they have that winning rate. So, but when you design the game for supposedly for the average player, but it's not true because when you add all these complexity rules and all these interactions between the the models and the units and the other and the meta, you the game is not that easy to play for the average casual player. I don't know about that. I think actually the guy I played at the Kirkwall Club. Um, he'd only played he played a few games at eighth. He had a uh, Skaven army, and when we were playing it, he was like, "What I really?" He actually said this. Uh, what I really like about this kind of rule set is that it's 
um oh what the fuck did he say he said the chess expression um easy to get your what was it easy to play difficult to master right yeah 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 um so i i do think that this game checks i think the rule set checks that box that once once you get your head around that initial entry barrier and it's a substantial entry barrier i'm not denying that um i think that you you can get in the way of playing it but it is difficult to to master but that's some of the appeal like i think that's why people are obsessed with writing lists and things like that because that's where people get an element of enjoyment but the flip side of that is again negative player experience that well some people really like that other people don't but then Mm -hmm. if it goes too far the fluff kind of background driven way then you get the opposite so i think this is why this whole issue is so difficult to come to a solution with because you've got literally two ideologically opposed camps pulling in opposite directions yeah i agree yeah it's fine you sure <laughs> no no i i mean it's fine that's it's not only my experience on the game and why i think this mpe but i think that we also mix a lot of the, the topics that we were going to discuss uh <laughs> but I do think that the game is very rock, paper, scissors and it's balanced for the team tournaments. Uh, what because, makes you think it's rock, paper, scissors? Well, because, uh, for example, people start, like, some armies cannot deal with others. There is no way unless you, 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 you play one certain list, for example. Uh, like, there are certain things that is, are go, always going to be the others. Like, for example, uh, don't know, I don't want to use the Sylvan Elves all the time, but vampires against Sylvan Elves, if you get in combat, the Sylvans are fucked because you, all, you are go, always going to win the grind. Unless I have Dryads or the, the Rangers and stuff like that. So I'm, I'm pushed to write a list with that. And otherwise I'm going to lose. Uh, so I don't think that's good, and it's also like it's complicated. Is it is it an army versus army thing, or is it a list based? Uh, there are certain armies that are more susceptible to lose against others, but it's mostly list wise. But there are armies, like for example, I don't think that. All the armors have ways to deal with the single models in the game that are uh, right now. Because you don't have cannon, you don't have war machines, your shooting is not good enough or doesn't have a a high strength. Uh, So you are, if you had to fight, for example, the warriors list, like with all the Feldrax and all the single models and the the chosen warrior, the, the, the lord, the chosen lord and stuff like that, you're fucked. You know you're fucked. Unless you can chaff them, but oh wait, they also have shooting. Well, they don't have shooting per se, but they have a lot of range spells that they can they have access to, and they can fuck you very big time. So you cannot chaff them. So they are going to get into combat, or they have the portals, for example. They are going to get into combat, and you are going to be screwed no matter what, because you don't save, you don't hit faster than them, and you don't kind of kill enough of them before they they, they hit you back. Okay, and and also well. Uh, probably it's also about list because we used to see a lot of skew list a lot mm-hmm. lately, and those lists are for team tournaments most of the time. Like there are a lot of people that go to single tournaments to practice 
an experience with their lease for the ETC or for the team tournament of whatever. I, I see that a lot in the Spanish uh, meta, what the Spanish plays. Mm. Like they, they practice a lot the lease because they, they basically they only have the team tournaments uh, for the ETC to go to the ETC and all that. And the lists are very skewed. So you create a, a way like, well, you have all that skew that I cannot fight against. So he, he, the most I can get is corner and hide behind a hill so you cannot shoot me or it delays you in, in that sense. I, I don't know. Maybe it's something in my mind. It can be. I, but I used to play what, else. What so. do you think? What would you think? What are we talking about? <laughs> <laughs> we seem to be dancing around between three and four different things at, at the same time. Yeah, yeah, I know. So, like, are you? You so you're talking about matchups and how certain armies just don't seem to have good answers for other armies. Yeah, it's basically the rock paper scissors uh, thingy. I'm trying to think of an of a of a good example of a. It's hard. So, like, so interestingly, this is something I noticed on the forums when people talking about building lists, right? Mm-hmm. A lot of people will start posts and they'll say things like, I'm playing against dwarves next week or I'm playing against this. Like, I don't think any of us ever write lists. Specifically against something. Yeah. Yeah, we never do that, right? We never do that, no. No. So Well, at least I don't do it. I know Andrew does. I never do that. <laughs> I so know like, Fras does. <laughs> Like, no comment. <laughs> I think it's quite hard for us to say, like, on so, like, on the one hand, we don't look to build a list to deal with any one type of match, right? We just build the lists. Like, here's a question for you, Barton. When you build the list, what do you think about? Do you so, just think what I want to play, or do you think I think this will work because I've got answers to different things? Well, when I when I initially when I was writing lists, I was well, I want to play this, so. Uh-huh. I wrote the list around that. Right. But now that I had to play you guys and I know the army that you have, I might be considering going an our way. Like, for example, the Orc uh, list that I played that I almost 20 Andrew with. Uh, uh-huh. I wrote that list thinking about uh, a lot of infantry, like big blocks of infantry. So that's why I had right. the catapults and I had the. So you do tell all your lists. <laughs> well, I did tell you. Well, I tell you for that in particular thing. Yeah. But yeah, yeah, but there is nothing wrong with it. I don't think there is something wrong with it. Like Andrew also used to have the freaking horrors, and I cannot play Saurians against that because I'm discipline eight. So he's always going to choose. I'm Martin, really fucked. Martin, this might be a surprise. I did not take freaking horrors to beat you. <laughs> I know, I know, I know. <laughs> you don't horrors to kill monsters. I know, I know, I know. You don't bring them to kill me. I know that. But if I know I had to play against you, well, probably I'm more inclined to to start playing with Pyro when I wouldn't take it otherwise because, well, if everybody plays Warriors, why am I going to play with Pyro? <laughs> I mean, there, no is, sense. there is something to be said about playing within a fairly small group. And if you play the same people all the time, you're inevitably playing the same matches all the time. So like, yeah. I, I, don't, I don't think that's necessarily the same as how do I tailor my list to deal with his list. Exactly. I never wrote a list to deal with one particular list of you guys. But I wrote right. to, well, I know I'm going to encounter Barcolax, for example. So I need to have an, an answer to it. See, I, I think that, is that not a different conversation, though? Yeah, that's not the, the rock, paper, scissors thing. I don't think that's yeah. a rock, paper, scissors. So, I, th- I think it's something different. Like, I think, 
I think most books, I, I agree with you in a sense that most books are designed, whether you like it or not, to play a certain way, but there'll always be something in the book that helps you get around a weakness that you have, right? Mm. And that I think the purpose of that there is to give you options for those really bad matchups. Because often than not, the reason for why it's a bad matchup is because of that rock, paper, scissor element, right? Because that mm. one army's strong point really plays on your army's weakness. Yeah. Right? So by virtue of the fact that you have these other tools in the book, it at least gives you something whereby it's like, well, I can bring this and that'll help offset that. Mm-hmm. I don't think that's necessarily the same as saying that it's you're giving them something to get around their weakness. Because I think if that wasn't there, then that rock, paper, scissor element of the game would be even worse. Probably, but we would talk so I don't about know if that, that. I don't after. know if that's an issue necessarily. It's well, an interesting way to look at it, to be honest. I hadn't really thought about it like that. Yeah, but the problem is when when they have a lot to deal with, and it's very easy and cheap to have it, like the others. Huh? You know, uh, because that's that's a problem. I I I'm, I don't know, like, let's play, let's put an example like Francis Lee with all the Seekers. Yeah. And he has all those Seekers. They have, like, 90 Seekers. He only has an Engineer for a General because you had to. Otherwise, yeah. he wouldn't put it. And he has Vanguards <laughs> and the Triple March Banner and all that to be in your face. So he knows his supposed weakness is to be a slow. And he wants to get into combat. But how many of us can actually play against that and winning regularly. Because I know Andrew, you get fucked with that against that list a lot of time. Yeah, Plenty vampires time. can't really deal with it. Exactly. See, so that's a rock paper scissors. Okay, so that's a particular list. Fine. Yeah. I agree. So that, that's what I'm yeah I'm saying. I think I think you're right in terms of certain lists. I don't think there's any books though. The one exception would probably well, I think it would be Infernal Dwarves because Infernal Dwarves, because of the the amount of flaming mm-hmm. and range that they have in that book, yep. they are far more likely to be a bad matchup for more lists and certain yep. books. So, for example, I don't think there's any Sylvan Elf list that really wants to play against Infernal Dwarves. No, <laughs> no, not that, not that I can think of off the, off the top of my head because I think Infernal Dwarves naturally have a lot of answers to them. No. Um, no. I'm trying to think of other examples, but I think that that's relatively rare, though, and that's well, probably elves, because the Feral Dwarf book is a travesty. Elves in general struggle a lot against range, um, which it can be okay, but when you start adding other, uh, like, you, they, they also have close combat, and they also have other stuff, like the, the Infernal Dwarves, so the elves, how do they do it? You have to be very good to play against that, otherwise then, you're really fat. But I mean, it was always in in Warhammer Fantasy that Highborn Elves were always a strong army, and 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 Dread Elves, uh, sorry, Dark Elves and and Wood Elves would come in and out of strength. But the Highborn were always strong because they were they were Elves, right? So they were good at shooting, they were good at combat, but they were like they were kind of just better at the other, like they were kind of the best of the of more stuff. So uh, yes, but you they had, had less bodies, but they had. But you you are weaker and you have less bodies, so that's how you complement it. Like every elf you kill, it like it hurts a lot. 
in that game. I'm not talking about now. Yeah, yeah, but like if we take if we, if we apply that now to to what we're talking about, hmm. if elves weren't so susceptible to range, then what is their weakness? Oh, uh, they they don't have armor, but they also hit you first. So no, I know I understand. Yeah. They should have a weakness. The problem is when they have a weakness, but they over they can remove it easily. Like the dwarves, like they they are moving, they have slow movements, but they have all that the vanguard, they have the banner of speeds, they have the. Uh, and by the way, they are not that slow. They are one inch slower than a human. And yeah, they, so mar- if- they march more than actual humans, vampires, saurians, and a lot of armies. So they are actually not as slow. So they have wait. They have all the copters. I ha- I've seen a list with I don't know how many copters they have between the the copter, the bomber, and the the big ships. It was insane. They they had the there's a lot of miners. special deployment as well. Ambush yes. Scout yeah, they had the ambush with the miners. They they had the vanguards. Uh, they have all that. It's actually not a problem. And also, oh, otherwise they get flanked. Well, they had the holston, which is very cheap. They had the the item to be steadfast all the time. Uh, well, it's on well, one round, take, but if he takes the Selvan Elves and Dwarves, which are I think everyone agrees are the two most problematic books just now in terms of game design, right? Everybody of us, yes. I mean, who 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 thinks that those two books are good in terms uh, of game in terms of game design? Go to the go to the forum on Selvan Elves and well, we'll, days, we're, we're, yes. We'll come to the forum in a minute because the forum is wrong. <laughs> But if if we can like put those two army books in a self-contained yeah. box just now, hmm. more generally, do you think that's the case that there's too many ways for armies to cover weaknesses? I think the the doors have a oh if we remove them yeah uh, <laughs> yes. So what examples are jumping into your head? So for example, the Elves, they have a lot of the to boost the, the advance rate and the charging rates. Uh, they had the hereditary to try to annoy you when you shoot them and you try to make that range damage. They also have a lot of damage and they have like, and they hit you before you and they have a lot of fast stuff to get into combat very quickly. So I don't think also, that's, I don't think that's the same though, because they're so susceptible to range. They are, but they are not, I mean, they are, because we know we play them against them and we, and we know they are, but if they know how to play with witchcraft and all that and uh, the hereditary in combination and occult, they have occultism yet or they removed it? Yeah, I think they removed it. Okay. Uh, no, but I think the, the warlocks, they have it, the the riders. Yeah, they do. Yeah, they do. They, they do have a yeah. So they have ways of surprising. It's not that in your face, but they, they have ways of surprising it. Like the, the Highborner, they also have it like, because they can have a lot of bodies and they have the Melodies uh, spell and the healing spell. And if, I don't want to go to Ogres, but it all comes to Ogres too. They, they have like tons of ways of removing all the weaknesses, except for the armor, but maybe they, they do have also that with the veterans to remove the, arm, the armor issue. But they complement with something else because sure. they, they have options to to do to put there on the list that they minimize that weakness by by a lot. But then, like, so for instance, I know you hate the 
the frost mammoth, right? Yeah. It's so, bad design. That model is bad design. It should be in combat. It shouldn't be with the aura. For so, example, if the model is you had to be in combat with a frost mammoth, okay, I get it. For example. So is your is your point that it's too good for the price that it, oh, it, yeah. it's okay to be in the book but it just shouldn't be as strong or it just shouldn't yeah. be there at all no i mean if you cost it properly it's fine or so what should it be costed what should how much is now how much is now uh 375 so what would you cost it with the same rules yeah 500 at least right so same as a rock rock yeah because it lets you hit before, and your problem with Asanogar is like they hit you before you. Well, if, if elite elves charge you, even if you have a snow cow there, they're probably still going to go first. Sure. But you don't have other ways to surpass that, right? Because you don't have the parry. But that's an arm, that's a, that's a game-wide rule. That's not an ogre rule. No, because you have parry with an iron fist that gives you an extra attack. And yeah, you get parry. it in the book, but so do goblins, so did skeletons. That's not a good rule. But parry is also. You leave skeletons out of this. <laughs> <laughs> so, like, what? So, this is. You're talking about. I, I get where you're coming from with army wide, or not army wide, with army specific rules to get around weaknesses, right? Yeah. But in my mind. Yeah, because you that's an your, investment. That's, you are biased. You to, it's fine. Sorry? You are biased. You're biased. <laughs> Like I, I might, well, I might be biased, right? But I mean, tough is my podcast, so like I'm gonna give you my <laughs> my impression, right? No, you are the not frost allowed. mammoth, dude. The frost mammoth is shit in combat, and it's a fucking gigantic model that you can shoot and magic off. It's got like a four oh. plus armor save. It's easy to kill. It's not that easy to kill. How is it not easy to kill? It's not. How? Well, I need to kill that thing, only that thing. Yes. And the rest of your army that marches twelve. So in the second round of co- uh, of the game, you're charging me. So <laughs> that's the only thing I, ha- I can kill. And Martin, you need to roll with an, well. That's not even an answer to the question. It is. It's not How? easy to kill. You can't just say, oh, yeah, I can, because you can just charge me turn two. But, dude, it's not easy to kill. And you don't even need to be in combat. And you can cover it. Yeah, and but you, you can shoot me. Tools. You can shoot me. Sure, Magic Paul. me. I can't hide it. It's fucking massive. Yeah, yeah, but Yeah, sure. <laughs> I, don't, I don't think that the snow cow is the worst culprit because I, I I think it's one of these things that you add it to the list to help the ogres get around something that they don't have any answer to, which is really high high damage models. Sorry, high agility, high damage models like elite elves. So you get around it by killing the cow. Mm-hmm. But yeah. I think if you look at the old Vermin Swarm book. I agree. I think that's a perfect example of actually what Martin's talking about. I, I don't think stuff like the cow is the thing that is the issue in in this topic. It's like the old Vermin Swarm book where basically the army weakness was supposed to be fear and 90% of the book ignored fear Yeah. or had discipline nine, where it, it just became too easy to get. But I think to be fair, that's becoming rarer. I don't think there's as bad culprits. And I think the last vestiges of that are the Sylvan Elf and, and Dwarf book. Maybe. I, I think the biggest, I mean, I'd say the biggest issue that Dwarves have is that they're just boring. Yeah. They're like KOE. They're just but, boring. But this is negative player experience, right? Because yep. I, I don't think anybody plays against Dwarf book and thinks, likes to play against. And thinks this is this is a fun book to play against. But, it, no. you know, 
the reason that the Sylvan Elf book is in the horrible state that it's in is because if you let the Sylvan Elves play this super mobile, you know, shitty. Yeah, you never beat them. You never, yeah, you never catch them. That's not fun to play against either. And that's this I is understand, like, yeah, yeah, it's it's a really hard thing to get right. To balance, oh yeah, it's so complicated yeah. to balance. It's really really complicated. I don't envy them, but we know these issues been around for since the creation of the game. They keep nerfing Sylvanas all the time, and <laughs> nobody cares. It's fine. So you give up unless you are Paul and you decide to play it. I, I like the challenge. I think like well, Sylvan Elves, there's always that appeal, right? Because it should be the kind of mobile hit and run army. Yeah, but when you have to play forty points for for only one bow, it's kind of with rest but, three but this no is, armor. But this is exactly what I'm talking about, and this is an issue with the army book. That's not yeah, an yeah, issue yeah. with the game. And I think that well, you know they need to redo the Sylvan and Dwarf books. Yeah, yeah. What the what you know what the what the solution to all these problems is like? I'm not going to pretend that I know because I think it's going to be no. A hard I gig. I really don't know yeah. because I used to play Sylvans in eighth edition of Warhammer and they were fucking amazing and I yeah. could play the 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 MSU very well with them uh, and it was so complicated for the others to beat me. Uh, I might not win by a lot, but I I I, I usually am going to win. Uh, so it's really complicated, but. I think they went to the other stream. Yeah. So maybe, well, we can talk about all the other topics. Like when we went to a magic, and there is one solution there that I propose. Okay. While you are it. So, so right, far. Well, so, I mean, we've, we've talked a lot about that. So, how about if we kind of segue into a related topic, which is the whether there or not there's power creep with the LABs and the speed okay. of the the release. So, what do we think about this? Paul, you go first. I think the LEVs are coming out too slow. I would agree that apart from the fact that the process does feel quite laboured, especially when you're not involved in the project and you're not really seeing what's going on behind closed doors, like the project doesn't really... It's getting a little bit better by giving sneak peeks and things, but it's just... It doesn't seem to be particularly transparent a lot of the time, which doesn't help the, the pacing of the releases, I think. So I would say that, yeah, the LEBs are coming out at not a particularly quick rate. And when they do come out, an associated issue is that it's not like they're almost done. Like there's been a lot of variety around like how long it actually takes to refine the book and get it to a point where they're happy to say it's gold, right? When when was the ID book release? Like, oh, two like years you, ago? Yeah, like that's that's I think been it was two show. years. Two years ago, I think. That's been a shit show. Like so I would say there probably should be more teams working concurrently on the book. I think it would have made more sense to have them do multiple books at the same time, which complement each other. So yeah. having the Warriors book and the Demons book done at the same time would have made a lot of sense. Have all the Elf books done at the same time. Have both Dwarf books done at the same time. Have the two Human factions done at the same time. And then you can and have the... both teams feeding off each other and say, right, we don't want to step on your toes because this is what you want to do with the book and then vice oh. versa. I think that might have helped and for all that inevitably when you bring this up with them they say yeah but we need to control how fast we do things because we want to make sure it's done right it's like yeah but you could do that like like it's i i don't know like to me it just that's not an answer or at least be open about it like you can discuss more or or 
put on the forum more what you are working on at the moment and why it's taking so long. Like, because if you communicate it with the others, okay, well, I understand why it's taking lo that long. Like working as a staff member, Tough. it does take up a lot of time. And it's, I know, I know. it's not particularly enjoyable a lot of the time because you are putting in a lot of like your free time into something that you don't necessarily get a lot of praise for. And a lot of like the actual day-to-day -day jobs are boring as fuck. Yeah. But they are very selective with who they lay on teams, which is fine. They need to be. There's a lot of fucking... But then saying that, there are people on books that still make a shit show of it. So of course they are. It's, it, that doesn't seem to track either sometimes. No, like, well, there are people they are involved going to in say... Books yeah but, but what they say is like oh we don't have enough volunteers but when you have volunteers you start saying like you put them off because i was a volunteer and they put me off i i couldn't complain anything about the book because they first of all they cannot read irony and second of all when you say oh this is so why you're doing this you're you're you are, for example you're changing the base size of something that you shouldn't why you're doing it you're doing it because 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 you want to be a hipster, you want to be different. And, but you shouldn't be changing the base size of that model, or you shouldn't be removing that model. And I'm giving you reasons, like comprehensive reasons, why this model is bad when I play test it. And I didn't have to play test it. Like, for example, the Leviathan, the Miss Leviathan. I complain a lot about it. And I gave them a solution, and they, 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 they hide behind, like, oh, the guidelines forbid it. Okay, so for that book, the guidelines forbid it, but when you go to another book, the guidelines doesn't matter. They do whatever they want. So they put you off as a, mem a staff member. I, I know that happened something like that to you, but like you were really pissed with the forum and all that. And that's why basically you. you yeah, like this is like when we have people on that are like from other teams, that's like one of the, the biggest, most consistent complaints they have. It's just like the amount of management that they need to do of people because. Okay. People argue, or they're just not very like, they're not good team workers or or whatever. Like it's just that takes away so much of the fun. You're not really doing what it is that you want to be doing. Yeah. But just like talking about like the pace of the releases and stuff, like I would say generally that it does take too long. Yeah. Like I think we're at a point now where they've done Warriors, Demons, Infernal Dwarves. I. Right. It, it feels like we should be further along by now. Yeah. We are, or, we are in year five or six, I think. Yeah. We are on real, yeah I think we are on year five. Um, and it does exacerbate issues like what we're talking about with books like Dwarves and Silvernails, because oh, it, yeah. it just takes longer for us to get there. And so oh, yeah. the, the relative difference or like the, the power or the you know the the change in direction of the game it just accentuates that yeah and also like it doesn't make sense how they pick the book sometimes for example i understand warriors and demons because of copyright issues and also Birmingham's for, for copyright and the power creep they have and infernal lords and dreadles were in a bad spot but why they pick saurian ancients yeah i agree why they pick saurian ancients when there were at least three other books that needed before them Yeah, so I think I think we're all generally on the same page when it comes to like the speed of the books. Yeah. And as you say, it does it does lead to negative player experience because you're left with a book that isn't getting dealt with anything. <laughs> and so yeah. you're only relying on like points changes, which yep. maybe happen once a year. Yep. 
once or twice per year, but it's only, only never that changes. And it's only very slight tweaks. Like it feels yeah. like okay, it's not it's not labbed, but because it's not labbed, then what would be the harm in maybe trying to introduce some more changes to the book? Yeah. Yeah, that like, we can there's no harm, that. there's no there's no harm, there's no foul there, right? Like it's like okay, that didn't work, but it, it doesn't matter because it's not a lab. Yeah, and also they, they are doing balance patches every year. So well, if something is wrong for a year, it's not going to break anything. It's, the war is not coming to an end because something for a few months is wrong. It's too OP that actually you can change it. You can put a hotfix for it after two months that you release. Like, I think initially the, the project suffered from like the opposite problem yeah. where things were changing too fast. So I get that there is a, At the a beginning balance it was, yeah. that they need to try and reach, but it feels like we probably should have worked out what that is by now. Mm-hmm. So I don't think that's an unfair criticism. Yeah, also, like, the power creep of the new books is, like, because of this uh, way that the old books are stuck there, that they are not changing at all, every new book, they might or might not be much better than the others, but it feels that way, at least. And the important part here is what you bring to the players. Like, I feel bad because I cannot play against the book. Like, I don't know how, for example, I, I I think I only play against the Birmingham's when he was in playtesting against Fraz. But if I go to a table and I see 200 rats in front of me, I'm going to think, start thinking, how am I going to deal with that? That's impossible. <laughs> so it's, it's the... Kill something and watch them feel fucking panicked. Yeah, and <laughs> hope they do. Yes, you, you have to hope they do. But it's... Uh, from a perspective point of view of a player, like, well, the new book is better than mine. It might not be, because it might not be the case. But well, I mean, that would fits. make sense to degree in, in so far as what we talked about before with rules blow. Yeah. Well, like also, a lot of the new books are books are getting more rules, right? So that definitely feels like they're getting stronger. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I'm. I think they are stronger than before, all of them. Well, except for the Vermin, so maybe not because it was too OP before. But I don't know. I think it's a still a new book, and they they can change it, and they can be much better. But yeah, I think there are definitely things that the Vermin Swarm book suffered from before that they have gotten rid of, which is good. But there's it's still not a finished book, and they're still tweaking it which i don't mind because it didn't come out all that long ago it's books like fucking infernal dwarves where they're it's all <laughs> over the fucking place oh yeah like that that book is a fucking hot mess but that that's a a different i don't i don't think that the new books are in of themselves stronger than the other book i don't think there is power creep it's not like you know old fantasy or even 40k now where a new book comes out and they've got this new toy that just destroys everything mm-hmm. and there's there's no answer to it and the, the kind of things that we were talking about earlier about you know rock paper scissors like if it's a list thing or not like that wasn't those kind of issues aren't list things that's a fundamental game mechanics thing where this one unit just beats everything like that's not you know you can't solve that unless you address the game mechanic mm-hmm. in terms of um like the infernal dwarfs and, and stuff like that which is you know a separate issue but the problems with things like the infernal dwarves and elements of the vermin book 
is that there are bad decisions that have been made that should never have been made. They've not been addressed in playtesting. <laughs> and and now they're in the wild, and now it's much harder to change them without fundamentally having to rework elements of the books. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And this is what we've talked about previously, and that it feels like their head, like they're pushing themselves into design corners because of fundamentally bad decisions that have been made and somehow got through. And they are too proud to recognize that they they fuck it and they want to they, they need to say well i'm sorry i need to change this because it was bad they never say it they they are never wrong do you have a, a particular uh example in mind Andrew, for the like just for like the varmints were bit per se like is there something there that you think they've they've really like fucked they they will well no, but so so for vermin right i don't think i mean the vermin book as a whole is not op and if you look at the results it's getting, especially, that's very clear that it's not OP. Mm. No, that, that, that's that's undeniable. You can't you can't argue. Have you seen the Spanish it. results? But you, you've just said you've just spoken to us for forty minutes about how you can't look at team tournaments because it skews the results. Well, but that's how they look at it. But no, if you if you pair for something and you've skewed the list, of course it's going to do well. Okay. Right. That doesn't. That's not. That's not a game mechanics thing. That's a decision making at a team level and, and writing the lists. Okay. But things like the Black Forest having Phalanx and and Testudo. Okay. Like, why why did that get to this point? Did someone not say, does that unit need that? And you know, do we need that element text there? You know, things like the uh, the hereditary spell for the vermin. That's that's that, that you know, yeah, that that's a page. In of itself, and it's basically you spawn a new unit of rat swarms that don't do anything. They change it every time, like they change the spell every time. But this is this is exactly what I'm talking about. There's fundamental aspects of these books that are either uh, are bad or undecided, so they should never have been released to the public. And that's the the fire embrace on the ID, like they change it all the time. Every time it's different, and now I think it's too good. The final result, I think, it's like why? <laughs> when you read it, it's like but they, why? <laughs> it's now it's now ridiculous in that it's basically anti-armor, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, but it's it, it's extra. So there are grinding attacks extra from the attacks of the model. So it's not like oh well, I'm an elf, I, I don't have armor, so you don't kill me, you don't kill me. Yes, you do because I hit you. I also can hit you. <laughs> You're suffering, you're struggling. <laughs> no, because like I, I I think the team I think the team gets a lot of unjust flack. And I think people kind of laugh off that it's a volunteer project. Mm-hmm. Because, because that's a huge impact, especially in the release of the army books. And like I think it's really unfair to turn around and say to people that literally pour, you know, days of their lives into these projects. You know. Yeah. This is it, this is shit, or you know, or like you're not trying hard enough, blah, 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 because they are. But I think there's key decisions. Like it's it's not even the boot. It's like management level. There's yeah, no. We've we've spoken about oversight before. We we shouldn't like. Uh, first of all, we shouldn't be saying like what they do is shit in the way. You are an asshole and you are writing the rule wrong or whatever, and you shouldn't be working on this because that's not like they are volunteers and they do whatever they want. They can. 
the way they can. And maybe they are constrained by the design issue from on top of them. But there are, as you are saying, like there are oversight. That why is that an oversight? Why is it still there? Like it's after a few months or iterations or years, is it still there? And you can't fix it. Yeah. And then they create issues because there's there's obviously there's problems that haven't been addressed up to the point where they release it to the public. And then it it doesn't get solved because they're not willing to make massive changes until the point where they hit a crisis, which has happened several times in the ID book and has happened for things like the Warlock for Dread Elves, mm. where it's obviously that the community just doesn't like a unit or doesn't like a rule. Mm. And so they get to a point, you know, six months after release where they're like, right, okay, let's change it completely. Yeah, why change it completely? Why don't you do a slight change and maybe that's enough? I th- but this is, this is the issue. Like, I, <laughs> yeah, that's, that's I, frustrating. And that's frustrating for existing players. Yeah. And it's frustrating for new players as well. And like things like there was a period there where nobody knew what the Infernal Dwarf book did. And again, it, it, we have a go at the Infernal Dwarf book a lot, but I think it's a prime example of some of the fundamental failings mm-hmm. and, and then the reoccurring issues. Um, but like there was a point there when we were playing, like you, you actually didn't know what edition of the Infernal Dwarf book was, and there's things like Infer- uh, the the embrace thing that you're like, what does that do again? Because of you know I've played against it three times in the last three months, <laughs> and each time it's been different. Yeah, like that shouldn't be happening when you get. I know that they're saying, oh, it's alpha, blah blah blah, but like, what's the point in playtesting then? Yeah, uh, well, yeah, I agree. I, I don't think like. After the playtesting, I don't think it should be more than a year uh, to be in supposedly alpha state. When it comes out of playtesting, it should be beta. It should be a year until you finish the gold version of it. If you cannot do it, I think you've, you screw with that beforehand. So like, I don't, I don't necessarily think that the army books are coming out too slow. I mean, I would like them to be faster, but I think given the resources, and again, I agree with you in that I don't know why they're wasting time on things like auxiliary books, um, because that's those are obviously people who are making designs. And if you look at the people who are involved, they're normally people who are involved in LAB teams as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Maybe so, they are they are not the best options for them. Okay. Well, that, maybe, that, but, that's but maybe the ones they are, they are, they aren't neither. So we don't know. But when you have the volunteers, why do you put them on an auxiliary book? That most of the time nobody sees them. <laughs> it's like put that manpower that you lack of in the actual books. Like focus first on the on the original game, and then you you start doing all the all the other craps. Yeah, I think generally as a process, it just feels like we should be in a better place at this point in the project. Like it still feels like they're working stuff out, and given that they have managed to release books which are largely been quite positively received, like the Dreadolf book, yep. And albeit that the the demon book is very complicated, I think generally speaking, when that came out, it was a lot more positive. Like when the when the previous book had came out, like the Warrior book, yeah. So that was a hot mess for twelve months as well. Yeah, yeah. So if they they, they can get it right, but it just feels like they're still trying new things now. It's like, right, well, we did that, it worked, but let's try and see if we can do it this way. It's like, well, we're almost halfway through the books. Just fucking stick to what works. 
Yeah. And, and I think the, if it was a little bit more balanced in terms of if they if they did that, but they were a little bit more willing to be more flexible with the books that they haven't started with the lab process and just say, mm-hmm. look, we're, we are open to tweaking some things. Yeah. But that, that'll be once a year. Yeah, that's I fine. don't think I, I don't think that would be too bad. No, me neither. I don't think like for example, I don't know what what's wrong in the uh, the vampire book, uh, Andrew. What do you think? Oh, the the one castle uh, thing uh, clan. Nobody plays it. No, but nobody plays it because. But I think that the again, and I've said this multiple times on the on the the podcast. I think the vampire book is the actually. Tribute. It's not. It's not. <laughs> It's the ideal army book in terms of internal design and balance. There's nothing in the vampire book that is shit and isn't getting played in some form. Mm-hmm. Like, I think the corpse car is shit, but I know the people that play it. Yeah, uh, well, and so of- for example, they might change something that is not only points once per year and see if they can improve it and you don't feel like well the vampire because it's well balanced and you can write whatever but if another book i don't know maybe the well the dwarf we say that is a bad spot uh i don't know paul one of your books something uh, that you think is bad in one of your books. oh the can the great can in the earlier books i mean the great i mean the great can does get taken now eh, really yeah but, i mean some people do a, bring it. that's a key issue though and this is something that the form is really bad for. And that there, there's definitely cycles and fashion trends in army books. Mm. Uh, like Nosferatu is a huge one for vampires. Where, if see if you went back two years, nobody was playing Nosferatu. Nobody was taken, yeah. And everyone was saying it was shit and needed to be yeah. completely reworked. And then what happened? Someone wrote a good list yeah. that spawned all these different lists. And so the, this is, again, and this is an issue with the forum in that it becomes an echo chamber for these kind of things. Mm. And there's a massive difference between something being mechanically bad within the book and the game and just not being popular within a meta or, you know, current okay. popularity. So I will put an example of Sylvanals again. Sorry. But for example, the, the life seed feathers, the that arrow or yep. the bow enchantment, it's too expensive. It's very bad design. And nobody's going to take it. And nobody takes it. I took it before and did absolutely nothing. Absolutely nothing with it. Is this, the, like, is this the one, I get them mixed up, is this the one that the strength scales with range? Yeah, yeah, it's that one. Yeah. Right, okay. It's that one. And the, I saw the forum with now there is going to be the balance patch and they were like mentioning things that, the three things that they should, the, the rules team should consider. And people were starting complaining about it and some people were starting to mention changes to it. That actually make a lot of sense. But they were saying, no, but that's a rule change, so it shouldn't happen. But what if you change that item only there in that book for a few months? If it doesn't work, you make you put it back as it was, and it yeah. was, and it's okay. And if you change it, and maybe now people start taking it, not like in every list, but because that's another issue. Like when something is taken in every list, that's uh, that's an indication of like. That item is too good for what it is, or is fixing a problem on the on the army. Yeah. Uh, so you can you can make a small adjustment there because it's not only a point decrease that, that the item has to have. Because at some point, if you cost it 20 points, everybody's going to take it. And if it does nothing, that's nothing, but it's 20 points. You know? Yeah. 
it's a design issue there. And you can't do it. And there are a lot of smart people here that they, they, they can actually do. And by the way, they don't have to do all the books at the same time. Because they will say, well, if, if we do one thing for every book, it's 16 different things. So it takes a lot of time. Okay, so do one, and in a couple of months you do another one, or you set, or you do a set of three or four of them. I actually don't buy that. It takes a lot of time anymore. Like well, we've been dealing with the same books. Like Andrew, Andrew, that's what they say. I'm not going to disagree with them because it's their time, as we mentioned, and they are volunteers. It's fine. No, if but it takes it, forever. It takes forever. Yeah. If they don't think that they can do it because it's a lot of work, it's fine. But after a couple of months, if you deal with a couple of tools items for example i don't think that's an issue i think there's like in the majority of army books there's certain entries or certain rules that are the issue yeah i think there's more systematic issues with the likes of sylvan elves that that's why that book is needs more urgently addressed than the likes of sorry ancients which i don't mm. understand why that got lab either um but things like you know take the corpse cart for ex example or you're you're, you're item for sylvan elves hmm. if that's clearly something that you know is overpriced or it doesn't work or you know it's just a bad unit or item then change it in a, in a balance update and if you're doing that once or twice a year you're not going to break the game no you're not going to break your balance no. by you know changing that one thing slightly and none of these balance patches are in isolation either because what we, we've seen every single time is that a big balance comes out at christmas and then mm -hmm. there's one or two patches in January and February. Mm -hmm. as they exactly, just... exactly. They have control of the game. They can change whatever they want, whenever they want. So, yeah, I, I, I completely... And that, again, is negative player experience because it's frustrating for the community. Yeah, that's that's the thing. That's the reason. It's like, you as a player, you get frustrated. You you be playing with the same book. Like, the only thing that you change is, oh, your archer, instead of being 30 points, now they're 28. Yeah. Yeah, great. Okay. Yeah. So we can we talk maybe... about the should we talk about the balance how they do the balance actually or we already discussed it? I think we've probably discussed a lot of the kind of big thematic yeah, issues. So how about we talk about game mechanic, like specific game mechanics in the game? Yeah. Yep. Oh so we have we have touched on some of these before, so they shouldn't be Parry, uh, for example. Yeah, like we talked about parry. Like Okay, I think, so we go, I think in, that, we go go in order? Let's do it in order, because there's some of these that we can rattle through, because I don't think they're going to yeah. be putting up too many um, too many defences. Okay, so the first one that you put there, Martin, what is it? The amount of auto-hits that there is on the game. Okay. Uh, and I took this one, I didn't realise until I, I heard the game in front of Algony guys complaining about this all the time, because, okay, there are a certain amount of auto-hits in the game, uh, the one that I counted was impact hits, stomps, grinding attacks, the Medusa stairs, shrieking horrors, altars, the vampire altars, uh, breath weapons, sweeping attacks, the shields from the warriors. Um, I'm pretty sure there are more that I, I didn't realize about it. So all those attacks, they don't roll to hit. So they, they are avoiding a filter in the game. That is quite important. And a lot of armies rely on and the new books, they are coming with more auto-hits and more auto-hits and more auto-hits. So it's kind of frustrating that you have an elite army, like, for example, Doors or Warriors, and it comes an Orcs and Golem with 12 chariots 
and he doesn't give a shit about your armor and your offensive skills or defensive skills. He just charges you and rolls sympathies, and that's it. So is it that there's like so talking about impact hits? Mm. You just think there's too many units with impact hits in the game. It's not that you have an issue with it. It's just that there's too many. No, I don't have an issue with the the auto hits existing by itself. I have an issue the amount that we have. Of course, they are random. Most of them are random, but I think they might need to be reduced, or at least they might not be that predominant. Because well. This also brings the, the issue, like, for example, the Dreadals now, they are really too strong because they have plus one to hit and plus one to wound. So, and they are really fast, so they usually go before you. So that's why you put a lot of impact hits, right? Or the breath weapons to, to shoot them beforehand. But that's what the army should be doing. So it should be good in combat. So you should be able to deal with it, but not be in your face as it is right now. So because you, you as a new player, you even as a spinning player, you go and you have you write your list and you have all these magnificent elite warriors in your list, and an idiot comes with all the the auto hits and they don't roll to hit you, and they, they are bypassing the biggest filter that you have there, like you are an experienced elite warrior. And they don't roll. And okay, so I'm dead. <laughs> so it's like I, I only roll once. So, Paul, what do you think? Because I'm troubled. <laughs> like, on the one hand, I don't know if it's just a case of bad matchup. So things like like me and Andrew played a game the other week there and I tried someone else and he ran a warrior's list. Mm-hmm. And he got a unit of wretched ones into like my forest guard. Oh, you're fuck. We basically killed each other. I wiped yeah. him out and then he wiped me out. Mm-hmm. And actually as it turned out it was better for me because he costed more points mm-hmm. than my unit did. Mm-hmm. But potentially I could have maybe done something else to get a better matchup in the game to prevent that horrible matchup for me so i could have stuck a tree in front of them or like thicket beast or something and that's a much worse matchup mm-hmm. so i don't know if it's just the case of armies that can bring a lot of those kind of units are obviously just a bad matchup but that's a list building issue again but you are allowing it so you are allowing i don't know i, I think it's in orcs and goblins you can have i think there is no limit with the Orcs chariots and the goblin chariot. I think there is a limit of twelve of them. Uh, so it's a lot of impact hits that you have there. I get, I get what and you, you mean from like it. a negative player experience because yeah. it, it, is, it isn't fun. You're right. Like I'm not, I'm not trying to that's, say that. That's it, the thing. That it's okay. it's not fun to play against that. I mean, yeah. I, I I'm not saying it shouldn't be there. I'm saying like it can bring a negative player experience to you if you had to play against them. Uh, so maybe you can, because I, I, I think that this game is made a really good show by uh, reducing some wakey randomness in the game that we used to have before. So uh-huh. things are more stable now. So maybe instead of having 1d6 for every chariot, you can have 1d3 plus 1. 
like the UD ones have, for example. So you still have the impact hits, but you are reducing them. Or you just are more stringent with or you put caps. restrictions or, or pull caps. Yes, of course. I'm, I'm happy with that too. It's uh, and again, I'm not saying it shouldn't be removed from the game. They're actually quite good, but especially with the new books, we see there are even more and more and more. So I'm gonna say something that's gonna blow Martin's fucking mind. Uh, you're you gonna agree to say with him. that you are agree with me? I agree hundred percent. Oh my god, it's on the internet, guys. <laughs> um I think in terms of negative player experience, this is actually a really good example of it. Because things like this is why like I'll start with chariots, but I want to talk about shrieking horrors as well. Mm-hmm. Oh. <laughs> uh, but like chariots, right? You've got three braiding chariots or goblin chariots, mm-hmm. and you charge them into a unit of, you know, spear elves mm-hmm. or whatever, right? Yep. That goes one of two ways. Yep. So one, the chariots roll well for their impact hits, mm-hmm. and that unit is destroyed or completely maimed without actually having any impact in the game and not really being able to do much about it. Correct. Which which isn't fun for the player receiving that charge. Or the chariots roll 1-1-1 one, one, one for their impact hits, yeah. and they get fucked. Yeah. And that's not fun for them, because they're one unit that was brought into the list to deal with those kind of units. Yeah. You know, hasn't been able to do that. So I think that's actually a really good example of just something that's bad. And see if you... you again, as and people won't like this because people are really defensive about randomness. Yeah. But if you gave chariots like three impact hits each. Mm-hmm. Oh, I, a static value. Okay. I think that goes some way around it. I don't like the idea of things like Breath of Corruption, as much as I love it as a spell, I don't necessarily think... I don't think that's necessarily good for the game and especially yeah. don't like it when it's a ranged weapon hmm. because I've had... I've, I've personally done this to people yeah. where... You cast it as the 18-inch or 12-inch breath weapon. And, you know, just like that. So it cost me, like, what, like a six to cast it. And you yeah. just lost a 500-point night unit. Yeah. You remember when we went to Midlands, uh, I had to play Jordan. with. Uh, I was playing Sylvaner with almost all trees and the dragon. And he basically, I killed almost everything. And he only had the two vampires. Like, he was the blood dragon vampire with occultism. And he was only doing that. He was casting this, that spell to try to kill my dragon and hoping to roll sixes. Yeah. The, the entire game, he was like that. And he was like, what the fuck? <laughs> I, had to, I tried to stop it, but sometimes I couldn't stop it, so I had to take it. I don't really know what the solution is to that, though. Um, I think, I, like, I, I, I'm not happy removing the random mail for the game. I really like the random mail for the game, and that brings... And that makes the game not be in chess. That is only a skill. Because you can set all the traps in the world to play the game and win it, but you roll like shit and you're fucked. I think that should be in the game. Yeah, I agree. But they can make uh, things more stable. Like, the 1d6 is very frustrating for the enemy player when you roll the 6, and it's very frustrating for you when you roll the 1. Yeah. So maybe to, make to things like yeah. one or minimize minimize role, for example. Well, that's another thing they can do. Minimize role or one d three plus one or stuff like that. Yeah, yeah. There, there. And see, we we are talking about tools that are already on the game. Yeah, yeah. 
that they can and, implement. And this links into the Shrieking Horror that I don't think Shrieking Horrors are in of themselves OP. And I've said this before. I think there's easy <laughs> ways to there's ways to deal with Shrieking Horrors that people just refuse to accept. Um, but it is not fun for either me playing it or the player receiving it if I put a shrieking horror in front of a monster and I roll, you know, six two pluses. So it's not fun, but you keep doing it. Um, but you don't find it. It's but, not fun but, for you too, right? No, <laughs> but no, but this is the issue that, like, vampires typically struggle with monsters. Okay. And the shrieking horror is the best That's, solution well, to deal with monsters. But vampires kill monsters. Like, we, we did that combat a lot of time. Like, you're a vampire against a taurosaur and you kill it straight away. Oh, sorry. So my one guy on foot that your torso has got the entire fucking field to choose <laughs> and you charge him straight. Oh, yeah. Sorry, Martin. That's an issue with the game, isn't it? Nope. No. <laughs> no, but that I, for example, the shrieking horror, I think I have a solution for that because, OK, the mechanic as it is, it's also not fun for you because you lose uh, shots, hits with a weapon that with the yeah. wounds that you get. So maybe... If they make it to roll like a four plus to hit with six all all the time five or six hits, roll it for uh, a four plus. If you hit, you roll to wound with a discipline and a strength ten against the discipline as it is. It's fine. Yeah, or, or you just make and like a I four plus all the on, time. Later on, and you said that like armies that do things well that they shouldn't be able to, and you said vampires and shooting, and I agree. I think vampires are good at shooting through banshees and, and shrieking horrors. Yeah. And like maybe that that shouldn't be the case. Maybe it should just be a combat thing. Like you you charge okay. your shrieking horror in a combat, or the banshees just do damage in combat. Yeah. Like for example, the altars that you have, like you can put two. Like by the way, I, I don't think they are too OP, but I do think that they need to reduce the resilience that they have. I think resilience five is too much. Resilience four should be okay. No. But if you if you leave it as they are with the rules that they have right now. I know you're not going to agree, but when you when you charge with them, you do the hits in the in the shooting phase, you can cast the spell that they have that you usually forget, and then you roll the impact hits, and then you roll all the hits that they have. So I think it's too much for uh, like out of things that they, they, they get. I mean, you're literally the only person on the planet that's arguing that Altars of Undeath are, are OP. But I think that this is actually another good example of this, that like it's frustrating that if my altar rolls a six for its strength six yeah. hits at the end of the game, then you're having a bad time. If it rolls a one, I've kept it alive all game for yeah, it yeah. to do damage at the end of the game and it rolls a one, you know, turn five and six, then that's shit for me. Yeah, yeah. So I think in terms of a mechanic, all hits are really problematic. I think they should be in the game, but I actually, I don't have a solution as to how it get around that. No, me neither. Uh, the only solution I can think of is managing, reducing the amount of them, like the one d trees or the minimize roll or stuff like that. So, Mister Wretched One, what do you think? Yeah, I I do agree that there are certain units like Wretched Ones and Horrors and things like that, which there is quite that. Neg- negativity around them like everyone's got stories of you know having to deal with these units and it's just horrible like like it's weird because like when you bring these units you want to do well with them but when they do really well you're like oh that was really unfortunate for my opponent and i get that that <laughs> yeah. wasn't fun so they are quite polarizing in that way yeah um 
I think they should be in the game, but I wouldn't necessarily have a problem if they said we're going to just limit them. Like, so we're just we'll just put. We should make a more conscious effort to have higher caps on those units to try and reduce uh, that level of negativity. Because I mean, like my wretched one list. I mean, that's that's built around that mechanic. Yeah, yeah, but well, for example, the wretched Frass was complaining the other day, like the. Why they get the 1d6 attacks on the second rank when the support attacks is only one or three for the monster infantry? It's like, probably to do with the whole making them unique and making them different and giving them sure. something thing. But, Pro- that, that but what they we were always, before. But they always hit like you kill them, but you're you're going to get them anyway. So yeah. I think that the wretched ones are actually the wretched one and the forsaken one. I don't actually have an issue with in terms of mechanically because I think they've got quite clear weaknesses. They do. Mm. They yeah, yeah. I mean, they do. But like, I get bringing like, well, I had a list that had two units of six and two units of forsworn that could turn into them, and then yeah. two big ones. I get for someone that that's not necessarily fun to play against, especially when you cannot react to the charge because they they go random. Well, that's the, yeah. Well, this is it. So the the random movement adds to that because they're Another harder complex, to negate. Yeah. So no, like I think that's a fair point. Like I, if someone says they don't, you know, enjoy playing against that, I think that's totally fair. Hmm. Okay. Okay. So we agreed, but we don't have a solution for that. One. <laughs> no. <laughs> I think beyond beyond bringing in a cap, like I don't know, I don't know what else you can change, like other than limiting it. It's just saying, right, it's going to work the same way, but it's not going to be as swingy or, like, the the potential isn't going to be as high. So there'll be some degree of randomness, but you can't, you know, potentially roll, you know, 21 impact hits where your three chai is or something bananas like that, like, if you roll super high. So I don't think that's unreasonable. Okay. Yeah, I agree. It's definitely exacerbated when you have units of things that all have the same rule. Like mm-hmm. one chariot on its own, I don't think is a problem. When you have three of them, yeah, that is when it gets crazy, especially oh. in core. Oh, 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 yeah. Beast herds. Yeah, beast herds, orcs and goblins. No, nope. like... orcs and goblins don't have that. You, you don't have special. goblin chariots in core. Nope. Yeah. Was They're that an old They never were. No. Uh, they never were. Nope. They're just ridiculous. Cheap. That's the oh, that issue. One hundred ten points each. Yeah, that's what it is. Right, okay. They're just it's three. I think it's three twenty for three of them. Right, okay. But like chariot shouldn't be core. No. Are beast herds only? No, you do no, have you UD have them as well. UD maybe yes. Well, they they don't have that many impact hits. They have one d one d three only. Yeah, but then they get them from the back as well. It's one d three plus one. From the back. Yeah. And you need to be the Legion Chariots because you need to have ranks. Yeah, because the other ones are light troops, aren't they? Yep. Yeah. I mean, okay, if you remove them from there, then give me the Shaptis as core because it's only... <laughs> well, well that, that escalated quickly. <laughs> well, just if you the look at the book... No, 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 but when you look at the book, if you remove the Chariots, you only have the Skeleton Warriors and the the shooting warriors, the the shooting skeletons, and the cavalry fast cap. Well, right? yeah. yeah, uh well, the cavalry, but it's shit, and the fast cap. It's so shit that it's really cheap now. That's why the people are taking it because it's a bunch of wounds. 
that you you bring into the to the. I mean, the UD book is a whole other issue. So let's let's just move on. Well, yeah, like, UD is some some some. But then again, like if any army is going to have chariots and core, it should be UD. I think so, but yeah, maybe no, I, maybe I, I, you limit them. Maybe seven chariots in the unit is too much. I don't know. I, I can hear David like in the mists, like moaning. <laughs> They're they're underpowered. No. Um. Okay. Next one. Next one. Uh. Yeah. yeah you've got one man armies. Yep. One army characters. man. One army man and unkillable characters. So, this is not only characters. I think we can put the single models of spam too here. Okay. Yeah. Uh. I I think that the the armies you have characters that are really strong and really good in combat or stuff. But when they combine like the damage up they can do by themselves, only by themselves. The high resilience, they one up rerobal or the one up for up they have, it becomes frustrating for other players how to kill it. Like there are armies that they cannot kill them. Unless you have a war machine and they are a single model walking around and you can shoot them. Uh, it's not easy to kill. I remember when remember when we had the Bluffers Helm? Yeah. That yeah. It was uh, re-rolled to wound. I think now the Beastcard have it only. Yeah. So when you put it on an elf, it was useless because elves are resilience three. But when you put it on a Saurian or a, a Warlord, an Orc or a Warrior, that are resilient five or six, it's actually really, 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 really good. So, and I, 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 this come, comes from Warhammer when I used to play like a lot of Sylvanas against Saurians. And my friend used to have the, the, the Saurian war, Warlords. Like it was one up re-roll and I had to re-roll to wound him. And it was, yeah. well, I'm wounding on sixes and I need to re-roll it. And you also have one up. So how the hell I'm going to kill that thing? <laughs> It's almost impossible. The only way was with spells, with magic, with the, sun, the purple sun. So they remove a lot of them in this game. They they make a good job, but I think there are still a lot. Well, Beastcard still basically have it. Beastcard have a lot. Beastcard have a lot of them, and the damage output is amazing. Like warriors, warriors you can have like three warriors, uh, chosen lords or or not chosen, but they are one up rerollable or with high resilience and they can do a lot of damage like i'm okay with them in the game but maybe they need to reduce a bit the damage output of the high resilience or the durable uh, characters hey, this, i don't this, yeah especially I've, especially when they are single models that they can move around whatever they want this is it this is this is another one i was thinking about when i was ironing uh, which apparently, which apparently is my hobby space now. When I'm Ireland, I think about these things. Um, is this an issue about you know the characters having high damage and good saves, or is it an issue that static units just don't do enough to those? So why wouldn't you take single models and cowboys and things like that? Yeah, like, Martin, you'll be able to tell me. Was there not a rule in like fifth edition? Like surrounded that if you were a single oh, model, you got yeah, like fifth edition was uh, fifth edition was insane. It, it was ridiculous because we, you also, you had armor, magical armor, and then the AC save, the war saves. But was there not like a rule where like if a, a single model went into a unit, 
it counted as like being engaged in the flank and rear because it was surrounded. Uh, no, you could surround the enemy. Uh, so if you after the first round of combat, you could surround the enemy. That's right. Yeah. I think you, you need to win the combat rest. You need to win the combat and you can surround it or something like that. There was a conditional for it. Right. Okay. Because I was thinking maybe that's what needs to be added, that if a single model is engaged with a rank ranked unit, mm-hmm. then the ranked unit gets plus two or plus three because it literally surrounds the unit that's going to be attacking it. Yeah, maybe. I don't know if that would be enough to stop or that would be too much, but... Well, you have two different kinds of problems. One is the, the guys that they have one up rollable or stuff like that with high resilience. And then you also have the single models like they do the storms, like in a monster, uh, which infantry totally cannot fight unless you are a kill machine of an infantry unit. Because usually you have to give them the champion if it is a character. And then prepare a counter charge if you can. If the other one is not good enough to chaff your counter charge or stuff like that, hmm. I, I I don't know. So I don't like, think, you think you think this is an issue where it's like it's very easy to take advantage of single models and especially Kelly characters because as you say, you can build them yep. very resiliently. Yeah. But the flip side is yes, you can do things like give them your champion, probably be steadfast and then set up a counter charge. But that's a lot harder to do in the game than just yeah, to yeah. take advantage. So I, I totally right. agree with you there. Like, I think that's a fair comment because then you're basically saying that the solution is just play at a higher level. Yeah, that's that, not that, this, fun. <laughs> the solution shouldn't be that. <laughs> well, no, but the, what I mean by that is you can have someone that does something very simple that doesn't really require a high level of play, but the solution is. So the way around it is... The solution yeah, is you have to play at a higher level. Like I, like what you were saying before about impact hits and things. Like yeah. you can just have someone that says, I'm just going to charge you and I, and I get the impact hits and I don't have to roll to hit. So it's a very easy thing to take advantage of. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Totally. Whereas the solution is, well, it's a lot harder to engineer that on the table. So for new players especially, it's not particularly fun. So I, I would agree with you from that point of view. Yeah, definitely. I think that's... That's an issue. Like, I specifically remember this one because when they say that they were going to remove the the bluffers, it was good. I think that's a good change. But then you and, and they also reduced a lot of the saves. But we keep seeing a lot of the characters that have a really good resilience that you are wounding on sixes or fives, especially on the well on the on the monsters that they, they, they can bypass a lot of this stuff. Also, when you combine the magic with the special saves and other, other things like that, they're really hard to kill. And they're really hard to balance the the game when when you, you when you find, like, three monsters and a chosen lord in front of you. Yeah, I mean, like, single model spam is definitely an issue in the game. Like, obviously... I think that's something the project are aware of. I don't know, other than like what we were saying before of trying to somehow buff units in such a way, like kind of what you were saying with the surrounded rule, is give them some more innate protection against that kind of abuse, or do you just look at the army book and say, we need to limit this? But then there are always going to be army books where 
single models, monster heavy lists are part of what people enjoy, right? So then how do you square those two things? Yeah. It's not easy. No, there has to be like a balance in though there, right? That, um, you know, maybe something like if it's an individual model, then you get, you know, minuses if it's up against a ranked up. But if there's two single models in that one combat, then that player's engineered it so those two units are fighting that one, and so they should be rewarded. Mm. Or so, even like having a, a single rank as a rank and file unit counts as like you still you keep steadfast against a monster rank. Maybe that shouldn't be a thing. I mean monster rank shouldn't be a thing, right? That's a huge it's, it's Martin Pete in the back. Yeah, he's gone to the toilet. Unfortunately I think he's taking his microphone with him. <laughs> This is staring. There's oh, definitely shit. there's definitely like an intermediate flow going on, so I think you might have like a prostate <laughs> issue. <laughs> I thought I, I muted it. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> well, this is definitely staring. Um, definitely. Yeah, monsters need the the single model thing needs to be dealt with. I just I don't know what the the best solution is. Um, well, we rattle through some of these. I'm just conscious that. Yeah, go for it. What's the uh, Low casting permanent spells. Should permanent spells be a thing in the game? Uh, I don't mind them, but I, I definitely agree with the low casting value aspect. Like, um, rot within on a six plus is bananas. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah, it doesn't even get taken because the cultism's so good. Yeah. Like, I think th- a lot of the time as well, like there are multiple spells you need to stop like because like rot within for certain armies is horrible like that's auto stop if you're an ogre because that makes you defensive too yeah so you have parry so it's okay you have parry on like the one unit or the two units (laughs) they can take it it's not an army-wide fucking thing yeah yeah. (laughs) but you only have three units so it's okay it's fine like corruption of 10 on an eight plus like that's That's also it's better but i again that's like that's also, a really strong spell. Yeah, and think about it, because those two spells are for uh, adepts. Corruption so, of 10 isn't. Yeah. Yeah, it's a 4, I think. Is it? Yeah. Is it not 5 plus? Uh, no. I oh, they, they move it to the master now, maybe. Mm. I would double no, check. No, I think it's number 2. I think it's number 2. Corruption of 10 is number 2. That yeah. can't be right. No, no, no. Word of Iron is number 2. Or number 3. Are you just naming? Are you just saying numbers now? No, no, because I know one is the the metal shifting thing. Uh, another one is the armor, the plus one armor. Yeah, uh, no, goals. Okay. Oh, yeah, I'm forgetting how the the. the no, it's number five. Class. It's number five. Ah, I was right. Suck it. Well okay. done, Paul. I knew I rule. Right. Um. Well. You I also would... need to consider who has access, the, the armies that have access to it, because they can actually throw that spell. So either you have to dispel it or not, or if you if you waste your dice there, they can cast all the other stuff that are going to absolutely obliterate you. And in theory, conceptually, I don't have a problem with there being such a spell that is permanent, but I think that if it is going to be permanent, and because they're stackable, especially yeah. the casting value needs to be higher they're way too cheap hmm. so i definitely agree with you there yay i won another one <laughs> are you keeping score no but yes <laughs> he's having a positive player experience right now yay 
<laughs> yeah, but if you think about like because we are experienced supposedly players. Yeah, experience uh, doesn't mean good. That's fine. We exactly. are experienced. Disclaimer. We, we are experienced players. But when you someone new comes and you say, Well, I'm going to cast you both within on a six plus, so I roll two dice and I have plus two because of the book. And now your unit, your other unit is of defensive two. Offensive defensive two. So I'm going to hit you on threes. Because just At because least. with yeah. with my uh skeletons. That's the third thing that came to my mind, sorry. Uh, with a skeleton. Well no, skeletons are offensive too, right? Yeah, down straight. Okay, so the wolves are three. I mean, there is other army books, Martin. You don't well, <laughs> but I Empire. can't remember Empire. other armies. No, Empire doesn't have rolled with him. No, but they have offensive... Um, no, 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 but I'm talking about, like... Ghouls would be heading have... Right, okay, there you go. Ghouls, for example. So, it's like, wait, so... The first time you might let it go, but the second time you cannot let it go. Or maybe you are offensive or defensive four and you let it go the first time because most of the enemy army is offensive defensive three. So the first time you let it go, but the second time that you're going to cast yeah. it, well, I need to spell this or once I'm fucked. Like, it's interesting. Like, Wrath of God's a 12 plus. Like, obviously, Wrath of God can win you games, right? But there are other <laughs> times where it just never fucking comes down. Yep. It's still swingy and it's a high cast. Yep. Plus, it's number uh, number six in the in the path. So you have to be a master uh, yeah. to take it. No, it's number five. You have to be a master, but it's number five. Right. You have to be a master, right? Whereas something yeah. like rock, we said you don't, right? So no. it's actually kind of crazy. Where that's like, as long as you get it off and they don't spell it, you're fine, and then it stacks. Whereas yeah. something like Wrath of God, it's like high casting, have to be a master, and it might not do anything. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. The the wrath of, the wrath of God is the you pay for the potential, which oh, I, yeah, like, I agree. I'm, I'm not saying it's not yeah. potent. It's yeah. definitely it definitely is. It's, it's, it's a great spell, but like I think rot is heavily underappreciated. Yes, and, and and corruption as well. Corruption is fucking solid. Yep, I agree. Um, okay, so we go to the another one. So the, we'll stick with magic. So the, the next one yeah. is uh, like different costings on spells that are quite similar. Yeah, casting values on the spells. Or Well, it's not only magic, it's items too. I put items too there, but originally right, okay. it was magic. So for magic, we you have spells like Perception of a Strength. The spider has a, a, a larger range. It's an 8+, A plus, but Awaken the Beast is a 6+. Plus. Uh, stuff like that. It's a uh, Hand of Glory versus Unity Interventions. The Hand of Glory is ridiculous. Like a six plus on a Hand of Glory on a Vampire Lord or a Dragon is ridiculous. Or a Vampire on a Unit. It's also ridiculous. Uh, stuff like that. When you start comparing them, like Spectral Blades is a six plus. Spectral Blades is probably too cheap. It's really too cheap. It's so cheap. Like for a number one spell as well. Yeah. It's so, so cheap. So you can literally take an apprentice and get it. Like it's yeah, really yeah. fucking good. Yeah. Uh, and then when you start acting like, why is MPE? It's because, well, it's always greener on the on the other garden, right? On the neighbor's garden. But when you play, you, you have an army that you have to invest a lot of points in spells in magic, or maybe you have a master, 
And then it comes an ad, a, a single adept or a, an apprentice with a Spectrum Blaze and it's like, well, I, I'm going to roll two dice. I'm going to get it. Uh, what are you going to do? And you're like, okay. So... <laughs> Like it's, I think, I think there's some some of these examples I'd agree with. Like Bewitching Glare and Spectral Blades, um, it's weird because as we said, Bewitching Glare is like you need to be a master to cast, right? Yeah. But you can take Spectral Blades, which is the same range, but mm. you can be an apprentice and it's two less to cast. Yep. To me, that's quite an interesting comparison. Things like Perception of Strength and Awaken the Beast I think is a lot harder mm-hmm. because Perception of Strength okay, it's you can get plus one strength but you can also cast it from six inches further away. Sure. So I think that should be more expensive. I don't know if it should be plus two over plus one but I think it should be more expensive. And obviously yeah, the spells are doing other things. There, as right? well. yeah. yeah. But I mean, I, I mean Awaken the Beast is also giving you that, no. that's a that's a dual spell as well, right? Because no, that's also yeah. tough and tough. No, you had to choose one. Yeah, you increase the casting value if you did Yes. Toughness. If you had to if you want to give it toughness, you need it increases the casting value. To an eight, I think, right? Uh, yeah, I think so. It used to be a seven, I think they increased it to an eight. But unity in the version is a master and kind of glorious yeah, and apprentice okay. another, for but, example. But the distance divergence again, I've, and this isn't a vampire defence, but unity in divergence is one of the few spells in the game that's left that can win you games if it goes off in terms of the damage output. Sure. So you're paying for the damage and defense for that spell and it's being 24 inches. Yeah. Yeah, sure. But, okay. I think it's more potent the defense there than the the offense, but... I mean, for a dual spell, like for for Cosmo, I don't think Cosmo's particularly expensive as a lore generally. No, 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 but... When you start comparing, when you see what the others can do, because these things adds up with other stuff that they also have access to, the other armies that you are comparing against. Like Spectral Blaze, for example, vampires that you need to stop the racing. <laughs> you need to stop the racing of the of the you need that the healing that is going to do. So you will stop there and they're going to get Spectral Blaze very cheap. They're not going to sacrifice a lot. Or uh, you know, the, war- the warriors can do like a lot of damage with some spells. And then you don't you don't have access to the spells, or you don't you have, but you don't do you cannot do anything because they have high resilience or have armor. And co- when you start comparing these, like I know the guys, the, the like the, the designer said, you cannot compare stuff. Like, fuck off, yes you can. Because the items are similar and you you can compare stuff. Uh, no, the content is different. No, is is it? Is that different? I think and for magic stuff they have a point for some. For of, magic maybe, but for the other stuff like for some of the units like the ones you've put up here. So yeah. like the raptor for Saurians being a hundred to hundred and twenty points compared to the boar for the orcs. orcs they are exactly the same. Actually, the 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 boar is better. That is mental. <laughs> um, and that's obviously an issue because Saurian cowboys were such a, a problem. But that surely somebody needs to be looking at that, thinking, you know, something's fundamentally wrong there. Mm. Uh, stuff like the UD catapult, Goblin catapult, uh, 
Orc and Goblin. I mean, Orc and Goblins are maybe an issue here. Maybe this is the. They might be an issue, yeah. They uh, I mean, the UD capital at 200 compared to the Goblin capital at 140. The UD capital. They've got different the, rules. The different rules. That's maybe okay. Are these 60 points that different rule? Uh, that rule can win you games, though. Mm, again, depends against what, but sure. Also, he's on 5 plus all the time. Yeah. Uh, I mean, uh, it's debatable, okay, but when you start comparing them, it's like, well, I I think that the Goblin Catapult is too cheap, for example, at 140. It's I way too cheap. War machines are just a really problematic. I know, I know, but 140 for a Catapult is like nothing. I know. I don't know. Uh, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. I don't like war machines. I think they're bad design, but I don't know what to replace them with. So, uh, like the archer, the Sylvanas archer is 24 points. Uh, That's crazy. Uh, 24 and 21, I think it's 20, uh, I can't yeah. remember, 21 is per additional model, I think it was. Yeah. No, no, that's the original. The, no, it's, two, no, uh, it's 240 for 10. Yeah, it's 240 for 10. And the high archers, they are 16 for 15. 16 points each for the first 15, and they have a six up. Okay, it's nothing, but they have a six up. Okay, they, they shoot wars in, in short range, and they cannot move and shoot because they take penalties. But let's be honest, a Sylvan unit, a Sylvan and Archer unit, is going to be static. The only thing they are going to move is two and a half inches backwards. Yeah, that seems overly like too big a difference. What do you think, Paul, for that one? That seems to be men or no. Yeah, I'd agree that some of archers are overcosted. Oh, oh, I forgot about the, the crossbow from the. That's from not the important. We can move on. <laughs> no, but it, the range is the same one as the archers, the Sylvan archers. But the 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 crossbows are really well costed. They are they cost what they should cost. The the Sylvan archers they are paying. For a lot of rules, they are never going to use, and they don't want to have. Like, they don't want to have lighting reflexes. Because you don't want to be in combat with that unit. They don't want to be high high offensive, high defensive, and high agility. Because you don't want to fight with them. You want to shoot. Yeah. So when you start comparing that, it's, it can frustrate players like, well, you have more models than me, and sometimes your aim, like your better stats, they don't, uh, you you don't see the effect on the game when you, you when you can have more bodies to complement that. Because yeah. if you have ten models that hit on four plus, it's hard, so it's five hits. But you have fifteen models that hit on five plus, you might get more than five yeah. hits. In general, in the game, more dice equals better. Yeah, it's better yeah. odds. Yeah. Okay, so we agree there. There's a couple that I'll pick out because I think um, we can rattle yeah. through them and then we can come back to the ones that we maybe want to discuss some more. So um, we've already spoken about armies covering yeah, weaknesses. We, we agree. Yeah, exactly. Gun lines, I think everyone yeah. can agree the gun lines are not fun to play against them, not fun to play. Yep. Um, they, are, they are fun when you play with them, but when when you, when it works and you play with I don't them. even know if it is, because it's the kind of thing that Paul said, like, you know, it's kind of just like, if you win, it's just that, oh, well, you rolled dice I don't well. Think, 
I don't know if Paul is going to agree. He's playing another gun, li gun line, so and he's winning pretty well with it. Yeah, when it when they when the shooting works, it's good. When the shooting <laughs> doesn't work, it's not good. Yeah. Yeah, but okay. There are some of things like I think he's in another uh, another item, but like also the chassis of the model that has the shooting, like the ID. Oh, they have uh, short range, yeah, but they can march and shoot. And it's a still a, a, for a, a resilient four three up armor guy with parry. Like it's not the same as a crossbowman. When you get into combat, that you can kill it and that's it. Yeah. 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 All gun lines were not created equally. No. <laughs> no. Um, so I mean, we agree there. Um, champion resurrections should be a thing in the game. I agree. Um, they're stupid. Yeah. And quite clearly abusable. I don't know why it's not been dealt with, but hasn't. Yeah. Uh, parry, we've we've talked about this before. Yeah, uh, parry is like, for me, the issue with parry is like you are, benefit, uh, you are giving a benefit to the most basic uh, weapon equipment in the, in, the, in the universe. It's like a, a stick and a shield. Why does has to be a benefit than having another weapon? We actually had a salt mine on parry, yeah, we did. didn't we? Yeah, 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 no. yeah, we did. So go we'll go listen to that friendly listener because um, I can't remember. What, we came up with a decent solution. I can't remember what it was. Well, I think the, it was to do with unit like, well, monsters. I, I think in the instances, yeah, where you've got something that's like small attacking something big or vice versa, it, it makes a lot less sense. Like, why should a tree man hit a goblin yeah. on a four because it has a shield? That makes no yeah. fucking sense. You know, uh, in the Warhammer Army project, they the, the parry works different. It's like the old Warhammer rule, like they had a six up ages. But they, they, the way they deal with it is if your strength, I think, is three or more higher than the resilience of the strength of the other, you cannot parry. So mm. if, your, if your strength is two or three lower than the strength of the attacker, you cannot parry. Maybe that, that adds a lot of complexity more even more complexity yeah. to a game i don't know i think that i don't think that it should exist parry shouldn't exist at all in the game so you just think a shield should be taken for additional armor yeah and, and that's, that's it. it yeah and that's it especially when you have crap units like goblins skinks rats that they can parry and you're fucked because you're hitting on force <laughs> i like the fact that paired weapons ignore parry because it I gives do like paired that. weapons a nice yeah, and utility, yeah. Yeah. So I feel like parry could exist, but it, it does need to change massively. You miss one, Andrew. I'll come back to it. Oh, okay, okay. Uh, rules with lots of text is bad. We've discussed that. Yeah. Uh, steadfast. That's a hard one. They're not going to change that just now because single models are bad. Corner to corner combats are bad. It shouldn't be exist. You know, it should always be center to center. Yeah. Um, it's aesthetically displeasing and gameplay is usable. Yeah, and it's it's like very MPE to players that they don't abuse or they don't. They are more casual. Yeah. That they I are agree. not aware of those things. I agree. Um, so let's pick out. So the ones that we should maybe talk about is the abundance of magic, uh, sorry, ranged magic damage spells in the game. Yeah. Um, 
ignoring modifiers mm -hmm. and free units. Mm -hmm. And then we'll okay. talk a little bit about hobby. So magic, the amount of ranged damage in the magic yeah. phase just now. Paul, what do you think? Is there is there too much just now? Uh, personally, I don't think so, but um, you will you will change your mind now with your start playing with someone else. I mean, maybe. I mean, just looking at the, I was actually surprised going through the book. <laughs> I there's only three army books that have hereditary spells that have range damage in. Yeah, which I was surprised. I thought there'd be more than three, given that there's sixteen of them. Um, most of the actual paths themselves have two to three. It's only occultism, thaumaturgy, and well, pyro is the worst offender at six, but that's the that's the damage lower, right? That's what it's yeah. supposed to be. Although I would agree that that I liked it when they had changed pyro and they had two spells in the path that were a little bit more yeah the, the utility. I, I think I think six is is too much in the path, but that's yeah. not to say that. Well, it's five it's plus the, the attribute. Yeah, so generally speaking, I don't think there is, if I'm being honest, but I'm willing to listen to Martin and he can tell me why. He can maybe change my mind. So this is because magic, <laughs> the range damage in general, they ignore all the... Silver elves, right? No, 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 it's not only the silver elves. They ignore the penalties for range, cover, uh, the hard, hard targets and all that. So when you add a lot of things, elements in the game that they ignore rules, that the armies, like the units are more expensive because they have access, they have that, those rules and you cannot pick them because if you give me the choice to not have hard target in a unit that's not never going to use it, I'm not going, I'm not going to pay for it. So you you are paying for a model that has all the rules and is never going to use it. I mean, you have magic rays, right? With what? Well, you have access to magical resistance to help with offsetting. Not all of the armies, no. Like, for example, the the Terran, they cannot have that. Well, you need to put a character on it. Yeah. But you, you have to pay, pay a lot of points for it. Like, for the points of a character, a Terran character, I can pay for another unit of Terran. Yeah, but do you really care if a unit of pterodons get like magic and you does damage to you? Maybe not, but to, well, I don't want to go back to the Sylvanas, but is is that's that's a, a big issue for the elves in general, like all the range damage that in some of the elves, like the elves, that's the only way of deal with them to deal with them. Okay, I get it, but I think there is a lot of them because some of these spells. Can be repeatable as as uh, bonus spells, uh -huh. and that makes it easier to have access to a span of them. Like when you see the amount of ranges, the range damage that the warriors can bring mm -hmm. to the game in a list, it's amazing. It's like, is that warriors? Really? Are those warriors? <laughs> They're like that's silver elves, I think. Yeah. <laughs> no, you don't because they are all dead. Uh, but it's like, I mean, nobody likes to see their models should be removed from the table. Like, nobody wants to remove the the, the, the models without <laughs> using them. That's 
Nobody. <laughs> I'm just imagining a game that Martin well, designs that you can't kill anything on the table because no one likes to remove their money. Exactly. <laughs> no, but it's like... Yeah, it's all no, hits. It's, 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 the, it's the problem with the auto hits because yeah. you, are, you, are, you are paying for all the rules to avoid getting shot at, but then suddenly you cast a, fi- a, a firewall and your 450 points unit of Pathfinder is dead. With a single fireball or four and a four plus, so it's it's. So then, uh, is it is it just they the, should the, exist. the costing? No, no, they should exist, but they they and I don't know how how you fix this, but maybe you need to reduce the amount of damage that they can do. Maybe instead of two d six, it's two d threes or or two d six minimize. So like it's things that we've been talking about, like with this impact hits and all that, is the same. It's like when you start ignoring the stats and the rules that you had to pay for, things get start getting very annoying for the for the player that has to pay for it and the other one that is abusing of them. What do you think, Andrew? I'm conflicted on this one. <laughs> I think there is quite a lot of range damage spells, and just now, especially over the last kind of year or two, there seems to be a lot more spamming of range damage in magic because it's better than actual shooting and it gets around yep. a lot of the issues but magic is expensive to invest in and on average you're only getting two spells off a turn mm-hmm. and so, the spells are swingy and the spells are swingy so you can invest a lot of points in ranged magic and not actually do anything in a game well I think unless you go pyro, it's quite hard to actually spam range damage unless you built your list to do that. Mm-hmm. So my heart agrees with you, Martin, but my head says no. Okay. You. <laughs> every fine. time, every time I lose a shrieking horror, I'm like, "There's too much range damage in this game." And every time my grave calls a unit away, I'm like, "There's not enough range damage in this game." <laughs> yeah, but when you cast a grave call, if I let you go, it's to stop the other spells that you can cast, and they can potentially win you the game too. But if I stop the grave call, you 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 have free access to the, all the other spells because I need to probably need to roll all my dice to dispel uh, the grave call. I mean, I think grave call is actually probably the the worst example of this yeah. be- because grave calls is so expensive to cast. Yeah, it's which one is plus. the which one is the the first spell of occultism? The one uh, that can heal pentagram. You. Pentagram. Yeah. They also can heal you. Yeah. Yeah. That's another. It's, it's, it's a it's a D6 strength four. Like yeah, yeah, yeah. That's not I mean, the game that's breaking it. No, no, I know. <laughs> that's, but, that's breaking it up. But um, yeah, yeah, I don't know. It, it might, it might be okay. But I think that a lot of players can find like. Well, remember when no one was running magic resistance? Yeah. Remember those crazy days? Well, I think it's it's much better to pay for the, the spell scroll than the. But remember when no one was taking them either? What wild times we lived in! We didn't well, even realize it. Because here they don't take it, but oh, nobody would. No, when when the magical changed in that, it was a solid year before someone was like, mm. "This magic res, this is good shit. We should try this." <laughs> <laughs> but they changed it afterwards, right? Yeah, they yeah. The, the, because they, at first the magic res was shit, and now it's much better. Yeah, they just change it. Yeah. What was that originally again? I can't remember. Um, can't remember. Maybe it was. Uh, 
you couldn't st- I want to say you can stack in and added one of your casting value. Or saves or stuff like that. It was a version that it was. Oh, was it saves? That's, yeah, that sounds familiar as well. That, at some point it was like that. Anyway, it was shit. Yeah, it's fine. Um, well, ignore modifiers. Yep, so we come back to this. <laughs> Actually, we've, we've kind of covered that across the other stuff. Yep. I don't so, think, I mean, individual instances of it are fine. I think, like, quick to fire as a rule is fine. What isn't fine is when it's spammed across entries like Infernal Dwarfs used to have with the entire book, yeah. quick to fire and things like that. Quick to fire a march and shoot, for yeah. example. Yeah. Or when you can spam breath weapons across an army, mm. like dwarves used to be able to do. Yeah. Um, like vermin used to be able to do. Um, that's not still a thing, is it? Because is there still a vermin character that gets a breath weapon every turn? Uh, yeah, and also there is a character that has grinding an item that gets grinding attacks amount of uh, ranks that you have. Did they not change that? Mm-hmm. I don't know, that, but remember swarm, it was... you're talking about the swarm master upgrades. Um, that gives you a, yeah, it used to be the number of attacks, so you'd put it on a guy on like a a war the platform, is, yeah. And then the you'd have like a, a million ranks, so yep. it was ridiculous. But I think they changed it somehow. I don't think it's what it used to be. It might yeah. still be very good though, but I don't think it's as bad. Yeah, it's fine. But there are a lot of things in the game that it's fine that they are there. But when you start stacking them, and some of the units they have two or more of these, so it's a bit of come on. <laughs> There are a lot of armies that play using the advantage of the terrain and these negative modifiers that you bring to the game. <laughs> I feel like you're thinking... No, no, of I'm not talking about Sylvanas. No, no, no. <laughs> I'm trying to think of another army that uses terrain as much as Sylvanas. A- anybody that... Beast Herbs? Like, well, Beast Herbs can use it to cover, to get the cover from the for everything because they don't have armor, for example. So you otherwise you shoot them. But... I don't know. I think they are. It's not something that it needs to be removed. It's like it's something that can frustrate players. That's the inf- that's the yeah. issue here. Like all these topics that are, we are not saying that they need to be removed. They need to change per se, but they can bring bring a negative experience to yeah. the, the the players. There's some strange things as well. Like I don't think that the Empire Order should give you accurate. Oh. It does, how, it doesn't really make sense. It doesn't make sense, and it's really fucking good on massed infantry. Hmm. So I, I think that's... I mean, before it was, it made your range, it was plus six range, which was even worse. Like, how yeah. how does someone shouting at you make you shoot further? Especially when you combine it with the number one from Cosmo. That yeah. get extra aim. Yeah, like, exactly. now they are shooting, they're hitting you on trees. <laughs> Three, yeah, like... And that's not for, like, a lot of that's inbuilt within the Empire, but it's not like you're investing a lot of points in, to no. get that result. No, because you can choose the number one for another path, so it's fine. Yeah, so I don't I don't like that as a rule. Yeah, I think, generally speaking, like, gunpowder units probably shouldn't have quick to fire. Like, o- like Ogre Gunline, like, I get that criticism. Like, all your small arms are, are quick to fire. And because you're movement six, you basically have a 30-inch range. Yeah. yeah. And given that it's powder it's strength four ap2 yeah 
So I get that. Like I wouldn't mind them taking that out of the book because I think that makes sense thematically as well. Like I just also the shooting uh, shooting units they shouldn't be the ones in Korea should go forward. They should be the ones that stay behind to shoot you. That's what they are. They should be weaker. Like when you start ignoring the modifiers, like oh you can also move actually, and now I can position even better and react to the enemy. Yeah, I mean, well, it's kind of like what we were saying before about not all gun lines are created equally, yeah. right? So things like infernal yeah. dwarves that also have high resistance and good saves. Yep. Like you can you can push them forward and be aggressive because not only are you ignoring your modifiers to shoot, that you're actually pretty resilient in combat as well. Yep. But mechanically, they they kind of made the rod for their own back there because they wanted to make this walking gun line is how they described it in the gun uh, the guideline in the gun line, uh-huh. um, where they wanted the infernal dwarves to like march and shoot and then get in combat right so all the monsters are all the other units that don't shoot that are also really good well but like even the stuff <laughs> that does shoot like you're then just making a unit that's good at fighting and shooting like that's yeah. a really difficult mechanic to implement within this game oh i know like so. when i when i was doing the pt of the drills i play against sherman he i don't know why he, he decided to play a lot with the infernal dwarves and he was a unit with of the witches, the the leg, the new witches, the legates is the name. No. Yeah. The legates. Um... Well, I had a character there too, and I was getting shot at it until I finally could charge him, and he actually was winning combat like two or three rounds. We, I lasted like three rounds, and he beat, he depleted my unit. Militants. Sorry, militants. Yes. Yeah. Militants. Yeah. It was like it shouldn't be happening. <laughs> That's a bit shit. Uh, yeah, so we agree there. That's bad. Don't do that. Uh, free units. Oh. Hashtag totemic summon. Totemic summon and skeleton and uh, zombies. I mean, I'll go on record in saying that raise a new unit of zombies shouldn't be a thing. Maybe. Also, there is also the issue like you can grow more than you have with VC. But it's also the UD problem. Like you, you cannot grow more than you have, but you can heal the unit completely with two spells. I don't think. Well, the stuff that you can heal. This is maybe going on to healing as a separate issue, which I don't mm. think. I think it was. I I agree. It's a problematic thing in the game. Mm. I don't think like the stuff that can heal, and I think people fundamentally don't understand how healing works for undead armies. Like the stuff that heals really well is the dog shit stuff that yeah, comes yeah, yeah. a lot. Sure. Like the the stuff that you know you don't want, like four models coming back doesn't. I know, Andrew, but your list is not only stupid zombies. You also have a lot of other stuff. Like why, while you ha- you are stuck in combat with the stupid zombies, you, the other stuff can charge you and fuck you. So it's not yeah, but that, that's like a core way of how the undead play. That I know that, you bog that's them fine. down with shit and you fight like yeah. It's fine, but I think like the damage output that you can provide is too high when you compare to the damage you can do, especially when you increase when you add the the healing that you can do on that two units. But that's another issue. It's like these three units, like the totemic summon, is the big offender here. Yeah. Because he has high resilience and he has random movement, so you cannot react to it. And he has a breath weapon. Why the three of them? Yeah. <laughs> One of them is enough. 
should Totemic Summon be removed from the game? I think it shouldn't exist. Well, I I love it because I also use it a lot, but it shouldn't be in a game. No, I I don't think it should be removed, but I wouldn't have a problem <laughs> with them scaling it back. Like I think Res Five is crazy for a for a summoned unit. Yeah. And even if like the like. As you say, like people take it for chaff. Like taking a summon unit that can actively go and kill war machines is, is dumb. Remember, it's free. Well, because you dies, a magic like, but yeah, it's, it's it's not it's not. I I don't necessarily buy that as an excuse because well, it's not like that's what you're not paying five hundred points for that one spell. Exactly. He's doing other things for you, exactly. and a lot of lists that's maybe your general as well. So you need to take a general. Also, you can cast more than one. Yeah, so yeah. I think I think they could just make. I would keep Totemic Summon. I wouldn't get rid of it because I would agree. I think it is a fun part of the game, but it's not fun to have six of these summoned units running around your backfield that are res five that you do need to put some degree of effort into kill and you get nothing back for it. I think that's too much. So I think you could keep it as just a, an annoying thing that you can bring onto the game that's fun that isn't as strong, but it still oh. serves a purpose. Or make you pay some point for it. Like when you finally kill it, okay, so I get an extra 150 points, for example. Or you had to pay for them beforehand. I wouldn't pay for them in the list building stage. I think that's shit. But well, because you it's because you have to cast it still, so you could potentially yeah. never get it off and be like, oh, but I paid for three and I never got any of them. That's wrong. Because that would be non-player experience. Sorry? Don't don't pay for three, pay for one, and that's not that bad. No, like this is this that's too prescriptive. Like I think it's <laughs> it, you're taking away a degree of randomness in the game doing that, which I don't like. Just make it res four and take away the breath weapon. It's still an annoying piece of chaff that has random movement that's going to do primarily what it's there to do. And it's going to kill all the war machines in the game too because random movement and, and movement and yeah, but you could, is good enough. Yeah, but you could make it offensive, defensive dog shit. Sure, I think it's three. Well, just make it one. Like, it doesn't matter what it is. Yeah, fine. But I wouldn't take it out of the game. I think that's too Also, much. it has a stomp. <laughs> it has a stomp against the War Machine, for example. Yeah, I don't like it. I think it's so too it's, good. It's too yeah, but make, it, but make it strength crap. So it's wounded yeah. on like a five or a six. Sure. It needs like, something. If it stays, in the, if it stays, which it like, obviously it's staying because they're not taking it out thus far. I think it needs to get changed. Even or something like it has to take after the first turn, it has to take a discipline test. Or it goes it, away. Sure. If, yeah, because it's meant to be like a wild animal, right? Yeah. Or yeah, it's just like a, a like um, it's totally random. Like you can't really control it or something like that. Or it's yeah, linked to your mage, so when you kill it, that your mage has to take one wound or something like that. Yeah. Or yeah. It's nah, just, that's nah. I wouldn't do that. I mean, just do something really straightforward, like a test, or you know, or just make it stats because just now it's fucking it's a nightmare for like again some armies can't deal with these no we like, can't no it's impossible like empire um on uh, vampires anyway i don't know about ud i mean, guess ud don't want them anywhere near their bunker no you can't no you don't know um you know it's just uh, there's some armies that you this is the one spell you have you have to stop every single turn because you can't yep. allow even one get on yep so yeah i agree don't like that it's quite frustrating, like, it's especially because it's free. It's like it's something, and it's also one thingy that is going to kill a lot of your, your army. 
It's like it's free. <laughs> I don't. Yeah. It takes me like three turns to kill it, and I don't get anything from it. <laughs> So yeah, I think we've. We, I mean, fuck, we've covered a lot of ground there. Um, oh, there'll be was, st- you mentioned one more. I think it was steadfast or. Oh, we're not getting steadfast. Okay. Stead, yeah, I think again, that's a that's an issue in that. Oh no, I know, I know. Uh, no yeah. worry, not modifiers. Another one before. Yeah, yeah, it's fine. Yeah. Um, we've covered a lot of ground there. I think just. I'm conscious of the time. Oh, um, we, we we didn't talk about the forum. <laughs> the forum. The forum. Your friend. Right, okay. So let's talk about... So the final theme is hobby, and we can talk about the, the forum here. Yeah, sure. So, Martin, you can correct me, but there's two main things here. One, the forum that has become not a particularly great place. No. And hobby... Um, the, I mean, again, we've, we've maybe touched on these in previous episodes, but that there's an element of negative play in terms of the effort that people put in the hobby and what certain people... You know, let's, want. let's be clear, it's not because I'm against of what people do as a hobby or all or, or that. It's like... Uh, and it's bad because I'm, I'm the one that put it there, but if you think like... If you want to show the game to someone else and that that, that guy comes and he sees a grey army or I don't know, uh, rats used as uh, beast herds for example, whatever he's going to say, what the fuck is this? Especially when we are used to fancy armies from the games, the official stores and they have support from an official manufacturer uh, but I think it brings it brings a negative thing to a lot of players, but it also brings a good thing to others. But I particularly have a problem with it when it is an, when it becomes something that people abuse of it. Like I don't know if you, have you guys seen the picture of the squeaks, the the nashers made of rocks that they use in Spain? No, no. So when there was some time that everybody was using like three units of forty of them or stuff like that. So instead of having the, the, it was before the new Nashers from Games Workshop. So it was the old ones. It was really expensive and hard to get. Yeah. So people, someone put rocks on top of a base and the wobbly eyes of them on them. Yeah, it's funny. You laugh, but when you had to play against that and you also get fuck, <laughs> it's like, okay, so I spent the last month painting my army because I wanted to be here and you just went to the garden and pick up some rocks and yeah. you are abusing of them like if it is a unit maybe it's fine but you are abusing of them it's not a hobby aspect are like you are a hipster and you want to bring a frost a phoenix as a frost mammoth <laughs> you fucking can english fake english moby can't uh, it's not that. Just in case it's... it wasn't 100% yeah, clear who you were referencing there. No, I didn't say the name. Uh, oh, he knows. I know. And I love him, but he's a fucking piece of shit. Oh, Johnny's lovely. Johnny he, he's lovely, but he's a f- piece of shit with hobby. So, because he know he can do really cool stuff, but he chooses to do shit stuff like that. So, I don't have any issue with the frost. I do. I, I have a really, really big issue with the frost, mammoth because it's not immersive. It's not an elephant. 
it's like the same i had the same discussion with sherman he's a stupid crabs that he made me paint like those are those are not getting impact hits no fucking way those are getting impact hits oh no i train it like and then after having a half an hour discussion with him about that i mentioned that i i have the org from the, the new orgs from the the swamp the cruel boys and he was oh but those swords shouldn't have resilience three and i was why because they are too skinny right so you complain about that but i cannot complain about your crabs what the fuck <laughs> I think the problem with hobby is that it's so individual that I get it can be annoying when people like certainly like when people take the piss like with rocks like yeah. that shouldn't be a thing like especially at a tournament like if oh, you yeah. pay to go somewhere and someone yeah. puts that on the table that shouldn't be allowed um because that is taking the piss like fair enough if it's just in the club or you're playing in your shed or whatever like fine play with what you want but sure yeah yeah it's Hobby is such an individualistic thing. To, I think it's quite hard to argue with people when they have that kind of opinion. It's like, if you don't like something, then that's totally fair enough because that's how you feel. Sure. But then it's really hard to take that any further because it's like, well, what do, I, what do they do about it if they disagree? Nothing. So like, it's perfectly fine to have that opinion, but it doesn't change the situation in, in any way. Like, you can't resolve it. It's not like oh, something you can mitigate. You can mitigate it, but I'm not going specifically to tournaments. It's like, as a casual player too, you maybe get a game every two months, and when you go to play it, and you see an entire grey army, or people not putting any effort at all, or those proxies that are actually ridiculous. And I'm one of the players that usually play with grey armies. And I, if someone tells me something, I, okay, I will stop. I, I'm not bringing it anymore. I, I totally get it, and it's totally fine. But you cannot say anything because they, they automatically brings the oh model agnostic game. It's like sure, but there is a limit. Yeah, no, I I I agree with that for sure. Like it, it isn't. It, it sucks when you play against something and you think right, okay, you've you've clearly done that because it's easy and you're just doing the bare minimum to get by it's, and it's, again it's really at a tournament because like any game like you can choose to play with whatever i mean there'd, there'd be nothing stopping someone playing ninth casually at home and be like yeah. we're gonna we're gonna change the steadfast rule because we don't like it oh, of course yeah it's like it's fine and it's the same with hobby like you can't tell someone you can't use that if that's just what they want to play with. So it's quite a hard thing to address. That's not to say that you're wrong. Like You're perfectly entitled to be like, I don't find this immersive. It takes away a lot of the appeal for playing the game in the first place. Well, when 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 you had to, like, for example, Guillermo is going to use the Warrus as the, the Saber through Tiger. So it's not a Tiger. Warrus are slow. When you start moving in 16 inches, like, but that's a walrus, dude. <laughs> you know, it's, I understand it's a thematic army, sure. But I don't know. I personally, I don't like it. And I think that I'm not the only one. Maybe I'm the only one here in, in UK thinking about it. <laughs> but uh, I know, especially for casual players, that they put more effort on the hobby aspect than the actual being good at the game. Like, 
And it's, it's usually there is a correlation of it. Uh, the, the hardcore players are the ones that abuse more of those proxies or model agnostic rules uh, than the casual ones. Where's the line? Is there a line? Yeah, there a line? don't be an arsehole. It's like the core rule in life. Like, if you think you're being an arsehole, you're probably being an arsehole. Yeah, but there are a lot of people that don't think they're an arsehole. So, like, what about what's your opinion on like the like Guillermo using like walruses for his yeah? You know, see, over? see, I have no issue with that because they're like it's a thematic thing for the army. The army's going to be built and painted by me by by Martin, so it's going to look amazing on the table. Like, I have no absolute because when I'm playing against that army on the table, that's an immersive experience for me. Like that looks like an ogre army. Like yes, it's maybe called a saber tooth task, uh, saber tooth cat, where the fuck it's called, um, and it's actually a walrus. Like that doesn't, that's not the issue. Like as long as it's painted and it's represented well on, on the the table, that's fine with me. I think the issue then comes is like if you've got like a rock on a base and you're like, well, that's a pterodon. Like, mm-hmm. Is it? Is it though? Like I don't think it is. Yeah. Or you have stuff that like Roman legionaries, actually human Roman legionaries representing you know, black for veterans for rats and like like that's your brick of my immersion there because that's well, but too big a departure. Why? But but someone can tell you well but I think that humans are the best, like are, are actually a vermin. So that's why they are especially these ones, that's why I use them as rats. <laughs> well, I think it's the same for the walrus and the crabs, for example. Yeah, you're wrong, but okay. So yeah, this is this is what I was saying. Like it's so individualistic. Like everyone's opinion is valid, but at the same time, you you just have to accept that everyone's going to have a different opinion, and you just have to deal with it. I think it's I think it's very different to a tournament. A tournament, I think, is yeah, it's different. Like I wouldn't never accept the the UD that Shaq Austin broke, and I I love Shaq and he's a friend, and it's, I'm totally fine with it. But with him, but I would I should have refused to play against that army because that wasn't an army. No, I think that's fair. Yeah, I I don't necessarily disagree with that. I just think it's like outside of a tournament setting. I think it's unfortunately the situation that we're in for better or worse that if the the the, the nature of the game that we play it's a model agnostic and so people are going to do what they want and so yep. we just have to kind of roll with it if you get paired into something or i have to play something that you don't like sure but then don't complain when people put like a painting requirement for a tournament and you say oh uh, do they have to be painted and yeah dude oh then i don't go well it's it's in the rule pack. Why are you asking? And you keep yeah. asking, you know, in every single tournament that is gets announced. But that was like what <laughs> what what Tom Clues put for. You for are naming event. people. I'm not naming anyone. Oh come on, like you just named Jack Austin. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, but I, but he knows that what I think about that. No, but like I, Tom's a lovely guy. Like I, I've got no issues with Tom whatsoever. But then he posted on a tournament thread. He's like, what's the game requirements? <laughs> And then when someone said, you know, regular painting requires, that's too rich for my blood. What? Yeah. I, this is a, multi, a miniature game. So there is a hobby aspect of the game. So, yeah, like, again, it's like, it's common sense. Apply your common sense to the situation. Well, but they don't have that. But see, that 
those people may not have that common sense that they think that playing with great armies is okay in a tournament because maybe because they think like I'm paying a ticket for to play in it, so it should be fine. You know what? That's absolutely you know absolutely fine. You organize the tournament then, and you sure. can do whatever you want. Yeah, and, yeah. Until then, you don't get an opinion on that. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I mean, you know my opinion of all this, so I know you know that I'm I'm totally against all that. I think that the hobby should get more importance in the game. And I'm very happy what Paul did in the tournament that he organized. Well, he actually penalized people for not having the army painted. Also, I do think like the three minimum color is bullshit because what usually people they can do grab an air wash, paint the entire model in in black, uh, in brown, the face in face in a skin color and the weapon in metal and that's it, and that's three colors and you cannot say anything. I I I'm, I think that the model should be painted. Painted. Nobody is requiring. Picasso levels or Angel Giraldes levels of painting skills here it should be painted. It can be contrast like James does, Heidi James. Uh, I think his army looks horrible, but there is painted. <laughs> <laughs> James' army looks good. You no, it looks horrible. Also, the ghosts don't have three colors. And it's fine because they are painted. I already told him. Don't worry. He's not going to, <laughs> to be upset about it. <laughs> But I, he's, I he's agree with you on the three color minimum. That does absolutely 100% get abused, and that is something that after the last event, if I, if and when I do another one, that is something that will actively not be in the rules, and there will be specific instruction as to what, what is expected. Like, yeah. yeah, I have written something down because you do need to be explicit in the pack so that people yeah, aren't yeah. surprised. So I think, and again. When it comes to a tournament, you can always not go. If you think the paint requirements are too high, fine, don't go. That's yeah. okay. We don't want to be like excluding people, but it's a paid event. You can choose how you spend your money. There are shit tons of events in the UK. You can you can pick and choose the ones you want to go to. But I don't think there's anything wrong with certain events highlighting the hobby aspect because God knows there are plenty of them that don't. Yeah. So I think it's fine. Um and the other thing, like what Martin was saying, is when people do it, you're not grading the quality of the painting. Exactly. It's is it painted in a way that makes sense? Yeah. No, I need to paint three colors, so I'm going to paint this whole model green, regardless of whether it's skin, cloth, metal, bone, whatever. Cool. And then I'm gonna I'm gonna paint all the spear tips silver, and then I'm gonna dry brush it. Mm-hmm. It's like nah. <laughs> like that that's probably going to look awful and you're only doing it to do the bare minimum so you don't get a payment penalty that doesn't address the reason for that rule to be in the pack the reason for that to be in the pack is so that everyone enjoys the game as much as possible and from our point of view that involves the hobby Correct. so totally I, I totally agree with you I don't think that's a negative thing I would disagree with you on the model agnosticism point <laughs> Because that is just a matter of taste. Out with things <laughs> like people bringing rocks and gluing them to things and putting fucking googly eyes on them. That's ridiculous. I think people are doing that just for a laugh, which is fair enough, but at a tournament, no. But okay. I think I think I think that is fair enough. 
otherwise. Okay. Should we raise the blood pressure level on Andrew with the forum then? Yeah, let's go well back then. I mean, like, so I, I'll start this off. So personally, there are very few threads on the forum that I even read anymore. Like, I don't generally read army thread forums very much. I'll very occasionally read like a list thread just to get ideas, but I don't really read the comments. And then I'll maybe read some hobby blogs. And that's it. I don't read general discussion forums anymore because people generally just talk about what they know. And generally speaking, that's not very much. Um, And I don't disclude myself in that. I'd rather just play what I want to play. And if it doesn't work, it doesn't work. And then that's how I learn the game that way. I'm not going to base my gaming experience off what other people have written because it's probably not going to be applicable anyway. But when you so so we we can frame it in the topic of the episode why we think that the forum is an MPE. Well, d- well, by and large, the reason why I don't read the forum is because it is largely negative, mm. and I think it's very easy just to read criticisms on multiple threads, and then that can detract from your own enjoyment of the game. And I think it's easy to lose sight of your own enjoyment in that sense, especially if you are staff, because a lot of the time you are dealing with negativity. Mm. So, so the example I, that I put was you are a player that you go to the forum of an army and you explain why you think this is bad or or good. Uh, it doesn't matter if it's bad or good. You put like this unit is too good or this unit is bad because blah, blah, blah. And then suddenly a lot of others come and say, no, you're wrong, and start giving you shit about it. And it's like, why is your opinion more important than mine? And why, especially when you're a staff, why you had to side with it and disregard my opinion because you don't agree with it? Yeah, I agree with that. And I think that, that we should make the point that that's a symptom of just the internet. That's not yeah. a maintain-specific problem. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. But people treat treat the forum as somewhere they, they just go to complain. And I think that's a big issue on the forum. There's no there's very little in the way of constructive criticism or you know constructive feedback or discourse. There's there's very little across the forums of people actually putting up lists and going, Hey guys, tried this, what do you think? It was quite fun, blah blah blah. That's relatively rare now in the forum, which is bad because the forum is still normally the first point of contact for new players. Also, sometimes when you do like positive criticism, like when you start saying stuff and you put all the arguments, you also get shit. It's like, but why? I mean, part like, of that is the, the, the like part of that's just forum. Like internet forums are just yeah, notorious yeah, yeah. for that. And you know, because the, the people who can dedicate a lot of time to a forum are not normally the people that have the most valid opinions. That might be horribly stereotypical of me. Are we but talking it's... about Michael, for example? <laughs> Michael does his own part for the project. Yeah. Well, how, would, how did uh, Harry Jordan refer to these people, Andrew? What was the term she used? <laughs> I don't know if she was specifically talking about these people. Uh, but quote-unquote basement dwellers. Yeah. <laughs> with higher internet speeds. With, 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 with much better internet speeds than I've ever had, for fucking sure. <laughs> um, but yeah, I don't know. I, I think there's a big issue with moderation on the forum as well. 
Oh. Yeah, like, apart from... Yeah, I'd agree with that. So, like, ap- apart from, like, remove... Like, w- well, when you say that, do you think that the project needs to be more proactive and encouraging more positive discourse? Or do you think they just need to be more heavy-handed and say, providing that it's... And again, this is personal opinion, but I think all of us have had experience of poor moderation on the forums. Mm. But do you think in some cases they need they they should be more aggressive and shutting down really negative conversation and just say, look, this is getting closed down now because the general tone is not constructive. Well, we're not going to target any one person, but just generally, we're going to ask people to try and be more constructive in their criticism. The, the problem is that you are giving the tools to the moderators to do whatever they want as they want, and I think that we all see this happening. Like they ban people and they delete posts because they think what they want, and when you ask why they did it, they answer whatever. And I don't know if people like who watch the Watchmen. Like that's in that case, that's that's the case. Yeah. Who watch them? And if you are but giving them the power to do it as they please. Right, but like I'm asking specifically. Like obviously we all recognise that there's this general negative tone in a lot of instances on the forum. Right, that's not down to the mods. So what can oh, the project do to try and solve that issue? Because like what Andrew was saying about new players coming on and seeing that. Yeah. That doesn't really build much oh, no. <laughs> confidence or desire to go back, right? So, yeah. so what does the project it, do? I think there's a big failure in ACS. Yeah. Because ACS have become like, I don't know, army advisors. When that, that was never what they were, ACS. ACS is army community support. So they should be the ones starting threads and, and trying to encourage conversation in that. And then when you ask ACS to do it, oh, I don't have enough time. Well, then you shouldn't be an ACS. Hmm. Like, that's what we got told when I was Empire ACS. And well, I'm not saying that we did a great job, but like we, we could have certainly done better. But at least it was more alive than, than what it is now. Yeah, but see, Andrew, specifically with the ACS, like in the Silvanal Forum, when they start asking about the three things that they should change, like they should propose and people start giving opinions and when you see people saying like the book is bad because of this or this or this they they were the first one coming and saying no you're wrong i think the book is amazing and it's in a really good spot so when the 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 guy that should be moderating it and should have like more like a, a objective point of view to accept all the all the point of view from the both streams, it's not doing it. Yeah, but so then that's, that's, a, that's a personnel problem. That's not a problem with the mechanics of what no, an ACS no. should do. Yeah, sure, but yeah. an ACS should, oh, I mean, it should express his opinion, but it shouldn't shut you off like that. I mean, there's some examples of really great ACSs as well, like Green Tide on the Empire. Mm-hmm. Um, one, he's not been particularly active recently, but he's he's a very good ACS because he is very constructive in the language he uses on the forum. And even if people are like talking absolute dog shit mm. uh, or they're having arguments with folk, he'll come in and he'll de-escalate it. And, and like there's other people that do a similar job um, across the forum. Uh, Duck's Bows uh, on the Vampire Forum, he's also very good. Um, 
but there's not enough of that. And I think there's a there's a whole bunch of ACSs that are there because they want sneak previews on shit. Oh yeah, oh yeah. <laughs> but like the project has to stand up and say like you're not doing anything. Get out. Well, I think the project wants more like uh, loyal people to them than actually people with opinion in the in the stuff. Well, there's there's increasingly a lot of party politics that are coming into play as well with certain staff members, and that's not healthy for the long term. Yeah, don't know. So we agree that that's definitely an aspect of the game or or of the hobby, because I guess it does come under a hobby, right? Because Ideally, it should be a place where most people feel like they can spend time and help to like enjoy the game. But as yeah. we've all said, that that doesn't seem to be the case because there is a lot of negativity on yeah. there. So we'd all agree that that's definitely a source of NPE in the game. Yeah, it's yeah. maybe a practical issue as well that if you're a more experienced player, like your hobby is from you know building, painting, or playing, you don't necessarily want to spend hours and hours debating stuff on the forum. So I don't know, maybe we all need to be a little bit less lazy to help counter that. Yeah. Less know. less lazy in what sense, sorry? Just being more well and uh, engaged. Like I've been guilty of this. Like you'll go on the forum, you'll see there's a notification that, you know, some a new player's posted on the forum, like, oh, you know, this is my first vampire list. What do you think? And the thing that instantly goes into my head every time I see that is that, oh, I don't want to comment on that because someone will comment under it and it will become, you know, Sounds a debate right. about whether our fell race good or not. Yeah. Like, that's not what it should be. It should be sent, you know, welcome to the community. Have you, oh, that's a cool list. What did you think? Why were you using that unit? Like, what attracted you to that? Whereas people are just dicks. Like, <laughs> yeah, no, there, there, like there is an overarching temptation when someone posts something is you just look at it like would I play that and then if the answer is no you tell them why it's bad and you think well the list is probably okay it's just that it doesn't suit your play style or yeah. doesn't suit your taste and so like yeah you no I agree with that you posted it like the, the your Sylvan Elf list in the forum poll yeah and I didn't comment it there. I sent you a message because I didn't want to engage with all the other stupid people there. I said, I told you, like, why, why I thought that it has an issue. But, but then it kind of was, like, James's thread on the vampire form yeah. is really good. Yeah. And I'm really glad that James is stuck with that because it's, it's produced a lot of good conversation. And that's what the form is at its best. But it's just, you know, not great that it's not that more often. Yeah, that's then. I think especially when you're starting an army, though, like if you go into it thinking like, you know, I'm not trying to be the best person playing this army. I just want to try it and see what I like and see what's good and what works for me. Then it almost doesn't really matter what people say, even if it is negative. So I think it, like James is the type of person that he can do that. And he, he's he can he's experienced enough that he can just say, oh, yeah, maybe you're right. But like, I'm going to try this. Like he can. <laughs> You can just do what you want. Like I think with like new people, it's harder. Yeah. Yeah, because you kind of take what people say at like face value. Like if you wrote a list and someone said, "Oh, why did you take that? That that's silly." You think, "Oh, maybe it is silly." <laughs> do you know? Like if you don't know any better, then why wouldn't you think that? Yeah. Yeah. But no, I agree. Like if I think those type of threads tend to be among the best to read because then you do get into more interesting conversations about. The army book that you want to play. So, yeah. Moral of the story: be awesome to each other. Oh.
Stopia can't. Or Dopia can't. Yeah, whatever you want. Is there anything else anyone wants to flag before we, we wrap up? I think we discussed most of it. Yeah, I don't think I don't think we can really touch any of the topics without going into another twenty minute. Yeah, chat. I think we've covered a lot of ground there, and I think there'll be things that some people feel that we haven't covered. So if there are, you can send them into the podcast. Um, you can catch Paul and I on Twitter. Paul is at Space Goblin One. I am at MGR Lost Cause. Uh, I'm Lost Cause. Paul Space Goblin on the forum. You can send us an email at scottishwildlands at gmail dot com. Martin is flicked no, on the ca- forum. Cadorna. Fuck. Who's flicked? Flicked is my email. <laughs> email. Oh well, I've just told the world your email address. <laughs> <laughs> you can send uh, me an email at flicked at gmail.com and, we ca- and I can ignore you and send you to spam um, but yeah you can, if there is anything that we've, we've missed or people feel strong about it would be cool to, to send them in and we can maybe get Martin back on and we'll discuss yeah also remind people please remind we don't say all these just to say the game is shit it's because there are, there are these no, are issues yeah. that new players especially can find challenging and discouraging them to to actually play the game yeah i don't think any of that should be written as like full-on you know bashing the game because we all love the game we all play the game you know we're all active members of the community and we have been for a long long time Mm. so it's it's all said from a good place and hopefully constructively but i think that you know someone needs to be having these conversations and if it's just us and our two listeners then at least we're having so actually, that's why I proposed the, the the topic because I never heard anybody talking about this, except yeah. from maybe some comment in the forum or we talking about it in in private in our yeah. chats. So I think it's something that it might be good that is out there. Yeah. Um, if they if they choose to ignore it, fine, that's their choice. Uh, there are, these are topics or things that we think that can make the game much better. Yeah, and it's not like we're suggesting the absolute solutions either. It's just to have not. the have the debate and you know get people thinking. Yeah, we talk a lot of shit all the we time. Talk, we talk a lot of shit. <laughs> <laughs> and you hear me peeing, so that's fine. We heard you peeing, and it's absolutely staining. Yeah, uh, well, I'm going to do a sound bite of that. <laughs> <laughs> I know. <laughs> <laughs> so stand by for that. Um, but just a couple of very quick things before we, we sign off. Um, everyone should keep their eyes peeled for two upcoming updates. Um, there is going to be a lot of stuff released for the UK Masters, cough, English Masters, um, okay. which is happening in January. So in particular, keep your eyes peeled on the PTG guys, keep your eyes peeled on um, the Paired Weapon podcast. There's Wes who's doing stuff on his YouTube channel. Uh, there's the fantasy wargaming guys. There's Slanrat. I'm, I've been told that Craig Johnson's been resurrected to to come back and do some sort of episode for Slanrat. And then Jordan Bladen, the lovely Jordan, is making all this happen this year. So keep your eyes peeled for lots of goodies he, coming your way. Jordan got uh, he's the organizer, the TO, and he got uh, prize support for the best painted armies. It's freaking amazing. He got the stuff from Harden and Steamback, the airbrush, the best airbrush in the market, probably. Well, at least the most expensive ones. Are you trying to get sponsorship on our podcast? Please. 
please, if someone wants to send me an airbrush or any paints or any alight or paintbrushes, fucking believable. I'm I will be very grateful. I'm going to publish it in the forum and in Instagram all the time that I can. <laughs> I can't believe. That. <laughs> No one is sending shit, so do not get your hopes up. No, we, but we you know that James, so. you know that James actually published some works in Instagram one time, and a company sent him more for him for free, and it was what the fuck, you, you. I'm gonna start. I'm gonna make an. No, no, I can't. That's why. That's why I have an Instagram, dude. <laughs> Didn't you get some of your? Is that how you got your painted models? Was it Shieldwolf that contacted you? Ah, uh, Shieldwolf, yeah. No, but uh, Shieldwolf. No, Shieldwolf. I bought. I bought those models. Did you painted think? something, and then they were like, "Can we use your painted image in our promotion?" Didn't they? No, that was a guy in the forum. He's starting a new. Oh, that's a good shout. I can't remember his name. Let me let me Google it. He's a Sherman guy. He wanted to start a new channel in YouTube about fluff. And he was asking me if he could use my picture of the the UD uh, thingy. No, remember. someone else contacted, contacted the, you. Ar- Arna- something. Hold on. Arnadil, that's the guy. He's starting the YouTube channel. So I don't know if he started it or not. But yes. he's going to use uh, my, what is the name of the thingy? The casket. The casket, yes. Thank you. The, the the casket in in his as a, a small slideshow of pictures with a background. That's cool. Uh, no, I I got like I think at avatars or shield walls at me mentioned me like republish the the post that I did, but they never sent me anything for free. Uh, no, yeah, yeah, yeah. But I'm just saying they they picked up one of your posts. Yeah, I, I can't remember if shield wall for sure, and I think that avatars did too. It's pretty good. Or Lost Kingdom, one of them, one of those. Oh my days! What a popular boy! Yeah. What a what a talented young man. Do you have a lazy Susan? I don't, but I have the no. I scan a lot of models for Pitalio, and I send them. I I use the you know the the airbrush booth that I have. It has a wheel like a ah okay that you can rotate it. So I start rotating it by hand and taking a lot of pictures or videos and send them. So he published the the crap, the stupid crap that I painted. Yeah. We need he a model of we, we need a one minute segment, just a Francesco uh, appreciation moment. Everybody, yeah. what a boy, what a lovely yeah. boy. No, he's so lovely. What a Talk man. Does so much for the project. What a, what yeah. a lovely Italian soul. Yeah, I I I scan. I don't know, almost all the models that I have painted that are no CW. And I told him, like, whatever you want, dude, I don't mind. <laughs> it's, it's up to you. <laughs> it's more work that you need to do to re- to generate a 3D model of it. But Do you think you could scan yourself? You do? I did it. You scanned you? Oh, myself? No, it's, uh, I need a bigger camera. <laughs> you can't. Because I think 4A Martin Squigs <laughs> could definitely be a thing. <laughs> And and we scan Michael and we do the trolls unit. Yeah, Michael could be the trolls, and then Paul and I will be the giants in the background. <laughs> well, you already are my giants in the yeah. game, so I remember Andrew killing your general necromancer. Yeah, <laughs> and Fras is the entire door for me, or what? Oh, we need to think of it. Actually, I'm going to stop that. 
yeah. So yeah, keep an eye out for the bastard stuff. And um, we we have I can release this information. We have just been sent the new Kingdom of Equity army pick. <gasps> oh my days. Why didn't you share it with me? Oh my days. Because that would be against uh Ninth Age Posse and <laughs> we would never engage in such <laughs> dangerous materials. Um and to suggest otherwise is pure slander. Like the Saurian Ancients book that you were talking before, right? I don't I I've I've never read Saurians. I don't even know what Saurian is. Oh nope. that's true. No, actually that's that's rare. They are I just I just watched Jurassic Park. That's they all they I know. Have a, they have a different name, right? Uh they're called geckos now. Geckos, yeah. And the Anorax, no? Uh, yeah. jumper or something. Jumper, yeah. Yep. <laughs> jumper. Winter jump. Winter jump. Uh, turtle nest. Oh, there's yeah. actually quite a lot. Of, actually, yeah, yeah, dude, no, don't suggest it because I'm going to use it. It'll be like the turtle neck mithril vest or some shit like that. Next. Martin, can you just get like a, a 3D printed like rain jacket and just put it on the right size base and just say that's the anorak? <laughs> Well, I have four different slants, Wattle, so... Kind You're of... about to have five. Uh, I just want to see like that very okay, characteristic yellow rain jacket. Tell you what, now that you are going to get a 3D printer, you can print me like, uh, you know, the, the splinter uh, guy the, from the Ninja Turtles? Yeah. So you can put the jacket there, and I can use him as a, an anorak. Oh, but that's not very model representative, is it? Ah, uh, I don't like that. What the hell? <laughs> Only against you. <laughs> oh dear. Oh dear. But yeah, so um, we will be doing something about the Kingdom of Ectane book at some point soon. Um, by the time this comes out, yeah, uh, yeah. the hype will be <laughs> the book will be out. Yeah, by the time this comes probably. out, we'll probably already recorded it. Yeah, so keep your eyes peeled for that. Um, and if we don't speak to you before then, we might get another episode in before New Year, question mark. But if we don't, from everyone at Madgate Radio, all three of us, including the salty boy himself, have a lovely Christmas and New Year, and we will see you in the next one. See you soon, guys. Bye.